Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 129th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin, attorney at law. I am coming to you right now from a ceremonial hunting ground somewhere in New Jersey. I am going to be talking a lot with my two excellent uh, podcasting partners in a minute. But before we get into that, we are going to be doing a little housekeeping. Uh, just want to give everyone an update on some of the episodes coming up. We're not going, we haven't reviewed a series in a while because there's just so many great series happening right now. So just want to give everyone the next few weeks so you know what's uh, happening. Just a little taste. Next week, we are going to be going to Haddonfield, Indiana, as we're going to be talking about Halloween Ends, the final film in the mm. Danny McBride penned um, Laurie Strode chronicled uh, Halloween film. The week after that, we will be going to Westeros House of the Dragon finale. Following that, my ass better be catching up on this series. It'll be the Lord of the Rings finale. I am desperately behind on that. And then we get the vaunted return of the NFC East group therapy session, as well as the Black mm. Panther Wakanda Forever review and or season finale. If you're not watching that, oh, man, you are missing out. And then we will be talking about the series premiere of Willow. That's taking us into December We'll be talking uh, about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special whenever that comes out. We're going to be doing a Christmas special as well as uh, the first time ever, because we don't have a series to review. We're going to be talking. We're going to be doing a year end awards, the best of 2022. Um, I better start planning that out, because oftentimes when I say these grandiose things, it comes down to me the week of figuring out how to do things. So. The other bit of housekeeping news, if you listen to our last episode, which was our episode about the British sitcom Spaced, which I highly recommend you check out. We had Melissa Jobin, a New Jersey-based comedian, come on with us to talk about it. Al Manorino is on paternity leave. Uh, TBD Manorino, since we do not know the name or gender of this child, uh, is due this month. Uh, of course, we're taking bets on the names. Of course, the winner so far is uh, Tyler McCarthy, uh, the host of the Not Couple Goals podcast on the Pop Break radio network under the Breakcast feed. He came up with, whether boy or girl, Maddie Murdoch Manorino. I love alliteration, and I love a good comic book reference, and it makes sense since Al's firstborn is named after Spider-Man. My pick is, uh, he lives in the Pine Barrens. It's around Halloween when this kid's going to be born. It's the Jersey Devil. Sorry, Al. You are going to unleash hell upon the Jersey Shore, but you've already been doing that for the last 30 years. So because Al's not here, I am very stoked to formally introduce the newest host of the Socially Distanced podcast. She uh, has been on every single Star Wars podcast we've done because she is the Star Wars encyclopedia, a living, breathing one. You know that book Yoda decided he wanted to destroy in The Last Jedi and everyone got really mad about it because, you know, that had been around in every movie and we had seen it a million times. Oh, wait, no, mm -hmm. that didn't happen. She's that book, but no one destroyed it because she is immortal. She is one of our favorite people. Celebrating almost one year on this podcast, we first heard her on the Cowboy Bebop podcast because that was a thing that happened once. Amanda Rivas, welcome uh, into your new role as host for the foreseeable future of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Thank you so much. 
I love your intro. I was like, can you just like hype me up and introduce me like everywhere I go? Cause that was awesome. <laughs> I really <laughs> I like, wish yeah. introductions and hype <laughs> men into literally anything was a job because I would take that in heart. Yes. Yes. It's I am. I'm excited. I am honored. And I just, I love this so much. It's just so much fun getting to chat all the fun nerd things. And it's just what a time to be alive with so much great stuff on TV. It's like, I can't keep up. I cannot keep up. My New York Giants are like, have a winning record. I have so much to watch. Wrestling is great on Wednesdays and Fridays. Yes. I don't talk about the other show. Uh, so I'm constantly watching stuff and I'm, I'm stoked that we get to talk about it every week. But I'm really stoked that we have a very special guest returning to the, to the podcast. We last heard him on episode 55 of the horribly named Socially and the Winter Distance miniseries. I blame Al for that. He was on something. You know what it was. We don't talk about it. I'm using my headphones. I'm using my daughter's headphones because they <laughs> really, really look good on me. No, it, yeah. brings, it brings out my eyes, Sophie. Of course, everyone knows Sophie Bodkin, the honorary <laughs> host of this podcast, who we last heard on Chip the Chippendale Rescue Rangers podcast. But the person we have on right now is a prolific YouTube creator. You can check out his uh, Nando V Movies channel, as well as the Nando Cut. You can check out his podcast, mostly nitpicking with Pop Break senior writer Chris Diggins and the host of the Roses and Rejections podcast. And my former high school, well, full, uh, no, fellow high school alumnus who mm-hmm. played the same role in the same show his senior year as I did. Funny thing happened on the way to the forum. DJ Chapman. I also almost ruined his first date with his now wife. Um, long story. It's a fun one. It was at a Chris Jericho concert, so that's weird. But he also is the man who helped put the the in thepopbreak.com. Right. He is the guy who redesigned the site and the way it looks today. And I'll say it because I've run this site for 13 years that he is probably one of the greatest writers to have worked on this site. Top 10 easily. And we've had hundreds of people working that, and I'm not blowing smoke. He is a wildly creative person and Marvel, Marvel, if you're listening, you should be hiring this guy because he knows his stuff as Amanda knows star Wars. Matt Kelly knows Marvel. And we are so honored to have him here talking about werewolf by night and she Hulk attorney at law. Matt, Welcome back to the show after well over a year. My apologies yeah. on that. I mean, everybody, there's so many things like you, like you were saying, Amanda, like it is crazy or I forget, if, I forget which one of you guys said this, but every so often I do have a moment where I just go like, oh yeah, there's a Black Adam movie. Like what, you know, 10 years ago, that's, if you told me that my brain would explode. Like, well, 10 years ago, you did hear about that. That's because true. That yeah. 10 years ago, it's been coming out. And by the way. They've spoiled the movie already. Oh, yeah. We already yes. know what happened. Oh, absolutely. And now that I'm thinking about it, too, when you were mentioning the the pop break, I was like, yeah, that's before everybody did that. You know, like you're the Batmans and you're the Suicide Squads. We were ahead of the curve. We were ahead of the curve. We did it because someone owned popbreak.com yep. and still do. Uh, and we were pop-break.com. No one could ever remember it. So you're like, why don't we do it like they do in football, where it's the Ohio State University? And we're like, I was like, okay, great. Um, That's a cool idea. So that's why we did it. So Matt has an intrinsic part 
and in the history of this site. And so, and after he was with the site, he began Nando V movies and you are doing wonderfully with that. I might add. Yeah. Thank you. It's going, it's going well. Very, very fortunate that there's constant, like I was saying, there's constant stuff to talk about. There's never a week where there's not like you're saying Andor or, you know, um, like she Hulk or werewolf by night. Like it's just, it's bizarre how much stuff there is. And I also, I came up with some ideas. These are, you don't have to use them, but these can be some of your year end awards. Um, we could do best underwater blue guys. And that could be between the Wakanda Ooh. ones and the avatar ones. Cause that's going to be a big, really contentious category. Um, best thing that Dwayne Johnson says a lot in interviews. So there's a couple of phrases he seems to repeat a lot. So we can kind of pick them. Um, and then what was my other one? Uh, oh, best Wong. Just, you know, kind oh, of out ah, of yes. all of the things, Ooh, Wong, ah, which Wong is the that's best. A good one. That's Wong a good one. Here. As he said, there's a lot of prestige television right now. That, so it, he's right. Yep. He is right. Um, guys, let's get into it because there's so much good TV, but we start on a, a special, Marvel's first special, which dropped mm. on Friday, October 7th. And that is Werewolf by Night. Now, the first time I ever heard of this, I'm like, Werewolf by Night. I'm like, that's like Bill Bodkin, drunk in a bar. No shit. When mm. else does a werewolf come out? Where else can you find yeah. Bill Bodkin? Well, up until seven months ago, usually in a bar. Uh, so let's talk about everyone's history with this, because obviously I just played my hand. I had never heard of this character before. So, Amanda, I'm going to start with you. Had you any inkling what Werewolf by Night was or had heard of it? No. So, I mean, I've, I've read a lot of the Marvel comic books, obviously, you know, the movies, you know, we, we've seen different TV shows. I've tried to keep up with everything. I think, you know, what I'm really enjoying now is that we're diving into areas of Marvel that I'm not familiar with. And so it's given me a chance to, to learn and to read up on. And to, so really, no, I had no exposure before. Um, you know, I just had kind of seen the, the advertisement and, you know, I was like, Ooh, that looks cool for Halloween. Cause I'm looking for stuff for Halloween to watch or it's kind of the season. And, and so I'm like, this looks really cool. And then I found out Gael Garcia Bernal was in it. And I'm like, okay, now I have to watch it. Cause I've watched him in different, you know, both indie films and just now a little bit more mainstream for years. So I'm so happy he's getting more of the spotlight like Diego Luna. Um, so I had to watch. <laughs> Matt, Matt, you seem to always like on your channels, you always have these I, I see who you pick out. I'm like, I've never heard of these I, people. So I figured if anyone knows Werewolf by Night, it would be you. So like I was aware of Werewolf by Night. I've, I've oh, never read aware. a Werewolf by Night. Well, that's right. I was. Yeah, he's a um, he's one of those characters that like you don't need to know who he is. Like there's no point where you got to go like, all right, well, I guess I got to figure out, you know, who uh, Thanos is because he keeps coming up in these books. and He's pretty important with Werewolf by Night. It's like guy shows up and he's like hey i got a werewolf thing you got to help me with it for one issue and then he's gone and he's like all right well i i if he comes up again in the next year i'll learn his name um i will say he the the first time i uh, interacted with werewolf by night he uh, shows up in one of my favorite comic runs of the uh like i don't know last 20 years um which is the x factor x factor investigations run which was like okay. the x men uh led by um, multiple man have like a you know detective agency and after uh like right after scarlet witch gets rid of all the mutants so it's like that time book is great it gets derailed by this awful plot about wolf spain having the baby of a god wolf god 
And I hate that plot. And then Werewolf by Night shows up for part of it. So I was always like, man, this guy shows up when the book stinks, but he's actually cool. I will say Elsa Bloodstone, her I've heard of. Like she's the I next wave the series before. and yes, stuff she's in is good. Like, and I was way more familiar with her and kind of what her deal was. And obviously the third character who, I don't know how much it's a thing that the guy's like, he's in it, but he's one that, I feel like you do at some point, if you're reading Marvel comic books, you have to go, okay, what's this guy's deal? I'm opening up Wikipedia and I'm just going to read it. Cause it seems, he seems very important and he's kind of confusing. Yes. So, and that would be man yeah. thing uh, man or thing. Ted or Ted as we, Ted, yeah. uh, we come mm-hmm. to affectionately know him as uh, yeah. I had heard that thing, uh, you know, of man thing before, of course he was in um world by now was in a, a team one time with Mo with, Morbius, which, you know, regrettably, right. uh, and also Dr. Michael uh, Morbius at your service. Yeah. And uh, which that's a movie I'm eventually going to have to watch. Uh, mm. But I do believe in self-care this year. So it's not this year. Um, but I uh, there. He also is with the living mummy. It's also a lot. Yeah. Of, it's very on the nose the with the Moon Knight came from his book. Yes, he did. That was where yes. he premiered. So, yeah, there's a bunch of characters like that that are who's the other one. It's not uh, Blade. It's some other really cool character that we all know is from werewolf by night books i can't remember who it is but oh. yeah I'll, t- I'll tell you in one second he's the arsenio hall of like comic like he knows everybody knows him he started a lot of careers and he's just kind of faded into the background but he's still cooking he's still out there um, uh yeah he shows up when eddie murphy needs him um yeah but, yeah. but when this was announced um our our podcast editor alex marcus was like for the longest time he would talk about this. He's like, why is there no information on this? I know mm-hmm. it's filmed. I know it's done. We haven't seen anything. I thought it was literally going to break him as a human being. Um, but then it was announced at D23, like just about a month-ish before it was released. Marvel has been tightening the window on its trailer releases. We saw that with Thor Love and Thunder, which a divisive movie that I happen to love very much. Um, did that concern you guys that we had heard literally nothing about this that maybe the quality on this wasn't that great because for me i was like getting a little i was starting to sweat a little bit because i'm like good actor interesting interesting you know concept but like why haven't i heard anything about this so nando i'm start with you oh oh, by the way matt is also i'm going to refer to him as nando if you did not pick that up before so that's his thing other thing that's important to note uh, my cat is currently on my lap, biting up my head. So, so some some weird sound happens. That's him. Um, I was actually was pretty concerned about this project when it didn't show up at Comic Con this year or even get a mention. I was Thanks. like, I didn't need to see a trailer because I get it. Like, it does. It's not something that like it's, it's not like Black Adam where we need a trailer every two months for the last eight years. Like, it's something where you just want to kind of know what's happening. And we knew that like. We, we knew most of the cast. We knew some of the characters that were probably going to be in it. But yeah, I did think it was super weird that at like, you know, at Comic-Con, there was no Werewolf by Night title, you know, and on the on the big phase board. Like I never I couldn't understand why. I'm still not sure why they didn't put it up uh, there I because I can't think it would have. Like, I don't think it would have hurt. But um, yeah, I was I was, I was curious, too, because the other thing is like, I don't think we knew who was directing it until D23 or if we did, it wasn't something they were talking about a lot. And if they told me that I would have been pretty psyched for it. So I, yeah, that around Comic-Con, I was like, I don't think this is coming out. I don't think they're finished with it and maybe it'll come out next year. And that's why they haven't talked about it. Amanda, what about you? 
I don't know if I was as concerned because it wasn't on my radar very much. I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of Marvel announcements. And for me, I think my faith in the franchise is pretty high. So I'm, I'm not, I usually get more worried when I hear a lot of negative, like Blade right now with oh, what's going yeah. on there. That's mm. more concerning to me than, okay, maybe this is happening. Maybe it's not happening because Marvel has been changing their minds and pushing dates and, you know, kind of, kind of rearranging things because of COVID and because, you know, for various other reasons, we've been going in different directions or whatnot. So I just figured it was something they announced or it was something that was mentioned before and then they changed their mind on it. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, there's enough content. I think I would have been more concerned if there wasn't so much Marvel content already out there. Mm, so many good that, shows yeah. to watch that I was like, okay. And I'm like, okay, this release, so it should still be good. And it was, to me, I think better than expected. I know we're going to go there. Yes. Um, go there for sure. But I think again, because they released so much news about everything else, you know, it was kind of refreshing to just have something drop without a trailer or without, you know, it, 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 it kind of gave me a chance, I think, to, to discover something for yourself versus already coming in with a preconceived notion with the trailer sometimes. Mm. Um, so, so I came in with a completely blank slate to it. And I actually, I think I enjoyed this more because of that. Yeah, let's get into let's get into the special itself. Of course, like I said, it dropped Friday, October seventh. Uh, it's a fifty-two minute special directed by Michael Giancino. If that name sounds familiar, one, he was the voice of the stormtrooper in Force Awakens, who yells "Traitor." Yeah. Uh, he also is a multi-time Oscar and Emmy winning uh, Emmy Award winning composer. So this yeah. is like his role. Full. He had done some shorts. This is his most, his, the longest project he has directed to date, which is also when I heard that, I was like a little concerned because I'm like, all right, so it's not someone we know. So it's not someone who's directed before. It's 52 minutes and the trailer looked cool, but let's see how it is. Let's get into it. This is an obvious homage to Universal Monster Films. Not something we've seen this vibe, this the vibe, this genre played before in, in Marvel how do you guys feel they separated werewolf by night from everything else? Do you think they did a good job playing within, within a new genre here? And do you want to see more of that? I've kind of morphed a couple of questions, but I think it's just so people really get the idea of how we feel about the vibe of this. Cause it's starkly different. So Nano, I'll start with you first. I feel like the vibe, I think the vibe works pretty well um, as a, as a part of the MCU, I think we're at a point I'd like to believe we're at a point now where people are willing to give Marvel a little bit more like of the benefit of the doubt in terms of like this, not even like this will fit into, you know, like this is a world that Thor and Ant-Man can be part of now, but just like they've got a in their heads, they know how this connects to the other things or it doesn't, which is fine too. But like, so with that all said, I think aesthetically, it worked super well for me. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it fit. I think it fit well enough that I would have no problem like showing this to pretty much anybody that likes any of the Marvel stuff. Be like, hey, he's a Marvel guy. Watch this. I feel like they'd be they'd be into it. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like too far out of left field, but it feels new enough that it's cool. So that's always good. Like it's in that right right in the sweet spot. 
So for me, I think this is for anyone who is actually burnt out on Marvel or is yeah. not a Marvel person because you don't need the lore and legend. You don't need to have, have I have done this year uh, for my other podcast, Bill versus the MCU, literally watched all of the MCU within a span of a year. Yes, I am finally caught up. So I've seen mm-hmm. everything now. Um, you don't need that. You could show this yeah. to anyone off the street. And if people are like, I don't like Marvel, you could be like, just watch this and tell me what you think. And I think that's what's one of the most, uh, po- one of the big positives from this is just like, you don't need to be entrenched in this universe to understand what's going on. Like, you don't need that episode of House of the Dragon where, like, we're going to name drop oh, every yeah. single family. And you better, you're going to have to use that pause button on HBO Max because you need to remember, wait, who are the Tarleys? Do they have a son named Dickon? Okay. Was he playing mm-hmm. nobody? No, with Syndergaard and he's the one who got, no, that's not him. That's what I mean. Like we didn't have, we didn't need to. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard was a Tarly soldier. He was the really, pitcher. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, he was. And he got burnt alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't as bad as the Ed Sheeran cameo, which apparently True. was a cardinal sin to everyone except for me. Uh, but enough about that terrible thing. I think this that's one of the big things with this. It's just like you could go in fresh and enjoy it. Amanda, how did you feel about Marvel work walking into this type of using an homage as well as using just like a different type of completely different type of genre to tell the story? It was refreshing um, because, you know, we have years. Um, we have years of, you know, just straight you know, the same Marvel formula if you will. And it's worked, but it's nice to have something completely different. Um, and just, you know, with different eyes, different, completely different characters for me. Um, visually it was beautiful. I, I grew up watching the old, like, you know, universal monster movies. So I just, I was so happy <laughs> seeing it for that, for just from a nostalgia standpoint. Um, it's one of those, I feel like one of those projects where Hold on, Papa. Sorry, that is Seth Rebus, everybody. He has decided to chime in here. Bobby, can I finish real quick? Okay, we'll get to go get go get a zebra. Okay, Bobby, I'm right now. I'm in the middle of something. So, Sorry about that. I no, yeah. y'all can circle back to me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so let's one of the things I thought was really cool about um Matt, I thought about the set was it looked like one it was ripped out of a page of a comic book especially when we get into that massive labyrinth yeah but it also looks like someone dusted it right off a defunct movie studio backlot did mm-hmm. i just quote my own review of course i did i'm not original <laughs> so i just like it's yeah it's on the poprake.com go check it out and it's just like i just felt that, like it was so perfect for the time one criticism i did did see and that was from from our film editor marissa carpico was it's she felt like the black and white usage, it wasn't filmed in black and white. It was like converted. And that mm-hmm. took away a little bit from like certain bits of sh- uses of shadow and dimension and some of the, mm. some stuff like that. Well, how do you feel about that? I know you're a big technical guy. So I'm curious to your thoughts on that. Like I could, it had that, like it did have that, like this went through after effects with the black and white filter and like, well, we put some film grain on it here, whatever, but more or less, I think the, the set design and the color and all that worked for me. And it, it does, it's very interesting because when you get to the end and they do do it in color, it's like, Oh yeah, this is way worse than what it was before. Like, it's not that <laughs> the color is bad, but it's like, yeah, do it the other way. The other way was cool. So I think, 
as a, I think the thing with Marvel, and I think this is true in general, is people reward choices, just any choice. Black and white is a choice. Is, so that is cool. And like, that's something a little different. And, um, you know, not all choices, but, but like definitely something like that is visually um, just enough for people to go like, this is something like they're trying something different. And like you're saying, if I didn't like all of them, maybe I like this one. I do wonder, is that what the labyrinth is for in their house? Do they do this enough that that is, you know, like, is that the monster labyrinth or do they do other stuff there? Because well, it's a, it's definitely a crypt because yes. we that's we true. Yeah, we do see that uh, that the bloodstone relative, the ancestors are all in there. Uh, yep. And luckily, that one crazy aunt has like the keys to that room just happened to be there. I also thought it was cool the way they had their names illuminated. Like it was a little marquee. I thought that was pretty rad. Um, yeah. Couldn't figure out what that was in the moment. We were like, just, I was watching it. Like, what is, are they like, yeah. Is it like a marquee? Is it backlit? And um, the answer is yes, I guess. Yeah, I just, is there like a light like in the thing? I, I would just assume there's a little led. Uh, Cause yeah. it, it is the one thing about this. It is a little timeless, which I like. It's mm-hmm. just like it's like kind of like the Burton Batman's in that way, where it's just like this could be in 1920 or today. Um, yeah. um, I thought that was really cool, um, Amanda. What did you think about the use of black and white? I'm going to ask you this part: is when it came to the violence, what did the black and white do for you when it came to the violence that we saw? Which the violence that is not something we often this type no. of violence not something we see in Marvel. Except for what Black Bolt. Well, I was like, yeah, well, I wasn't expecting it for Disney Plus, particular no. too. Mm. I think because it's Disney, I was like, oh, okay. when it happened, I was like, did that, that just happened. Okay. And it's still going. Oh, oh, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I was here going, what just happened? It gave me very Sin City vibes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, and I really liked that film because of the look. Um, so I liked that, that kind of that contrast and that comparison. So for me, the black and white are kind of, is it like sepia? Is that like the better color? Cause it's like that brownish tint, at least on my TV. Sepia I guess has, yeah. Sepia, I wonder, yeah, yeah there some of that ish. there. I think so. I liked it. I thought it, it, it made, I guess, like the gore a little bit more striking because we're so used to bright, you know, blood. And when you think gore, like bright blood, you know, kind of just, it's very colorful. And there's something to be said about like, oh, this is aesthetically kind of cool looking, um, you know, in black and white because you don't see it that often. And again, it's- it's, Which is funny because uh, you and I watch wrestling and anytime we would see back in the day with WWE, they would turn this when someone was bleeding, they, and they would do a replay of it. They would put it in black and white to lessen the impact. Right. But for me, I felt this- amplify the impact yes especially mm-hmm. you know when you splatter blood on the camera that was uh, fantastic oh, yeah, that, was cool. <laughs> that was very cool so matt what did you think about like when they the, the violence in black and white do you feel like it really heightened that or is it just like it didn't do any it wasn't any different for you under now that i'm thinking about oh what happened did i mute myself You're oh good wait now. is You're it good, good. okay You're good. i'm not sure what that was um Oh, it's my apparently my internet connection is unstable. So we will see. Let me know if it like cuts out or something. I will. Um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I wonder if that's a thing to get around censorship and stuff, because yeah. I know that's what that is. Sometimes it's just like we want to make a more bloody. So we did it in black and white. And if that's the case, then, yeah, that's definitely good. 
I do think it also helped with the bloodstone. That was cool. Yes. Right. Make that seem all weird and magical. So that was I, I appreciate that. And also anything to make the werewolf look less, not less plasticky, because it's got to look a little plasticky. That's part of the charm. But yes. I, I appreciate <laughs> things like that to smooth out some of the details that it's like, you know, just just would look weird in in full color. Yeah. And I want to go right into that. That was one of my questions I wanted to talk about the Jack Russell character. Of course, that name so on the nose. I love every second so of it. And then never say it in the thing. He's Jack. I don't just think Jack. anyone ever says. Yeah. Nope. Just Jack, uh, which is, of course, Will and Grace reference it for. And you're welcome for everyone who appreciated it. What did you feel like? What did you feel like the actual werewolf by night? Like this obviously was the homage to the Universal uh, monster movies. This felt definitely felt more practical you know, when they were doing the close-ups, obviously the jumping around definitely was CGI. I feel like it was CGI. Um, do you think the black and white helped cover? Do you feel like that was the right call? Did you feel like Werewolf by Night looked cheesy? Because we are, because that does mean something if we want to move on with this character. He's not going to be in black and white going forward. Mm-hmm. So is this, Is do you like the design? How is this design of Werewolf by Night? Do you think it works? Is it gonna, uh, and will it play in the future? I think it can play. I want to say there was a Disney mural or something that they put out that he was in with like everybody else that you would expect. And it looks normal enough. It's like, he's it's brown. Like, so it's in color, but um, I don't know. It's like at, at one of the parks. Uh, he was probably, th- in Disney California Adventure. They actually did have the character walking around. That's true. Yeah. I think they could. Yeah, I think they can get away with it. And, and I'm sure I, I'm sure if they make another one and maybe they have more money because of how successful this one was, if it was successful, because who knows? But um, it seems at least like people liked it. The word of mouth any, is really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, I would say doing better than I'm like they must have expected. So, yeah, I think it'll. I, so I think in the future, if there are things like that, they want to smooth out, then they totally can. But also like. I don't know. It doesn't have to look that real. Like, I feel like people in the universe can just go like, oh, my God, it's a real werewolf. And, you know, as long as like, you know, Captain America says that or something, I'm on board. Like, sure. So, it's got the cap seal of approval. Yeah. Um, any any Captain America, except for the, you know, bad one. But any of the good ones. <laughs> the Kurt, Kurt Russell, but Kurt Russell with Captain America. Uh, Amanda, let's let's talk about Elsa mm. Bloodstone. Um, what? Tell me, uh, your, I just wanted all the thoughts you have on Elsa Bloodstone. She's a badass. I mean, I just, I loved her. Just from the moment she just struts in, like just walks in and just goes toe to toe with, I guess, her mom. It's just like, she just came in and was like, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to just come take take this Bloodstone. And yeah. And and I, I like that she was a good mix of not just being just straight up, you know, tough girl, but she had her vulnerable moments too. She was, a, to me, a really well-rounded character and a, a likable character. And I'm really intrigued. I really want to see her in future projects. I feel like she's going to be like a, a scene stealer. Just, yeah. I mean, she just, the charisma, the look, like every, she has everything, um, you know, I, I want to be cool like her when I grow up one day. <laughs> That's all it really comes down to. I'm like, she, when she walked in, she commanded attention. And um, again, just, just perfect mix of vulnerability, toughness, you know, 
I didn't know what to expect when I first saw her. And I had heard her name before, but yes. seeing her come to, come to the big screen in a way like this made me really excited to see her. Ho- hopefully we'll see more of her in the MCU. And I'm really appreciating her. And I know, again, we're, we're going to She-Hulk in a little bit, but the stronger, oh, my internet connection is now unstable. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see oh, if I goodness. cut out, just let me know. Um, but if, But basically I'm liking the direction we're going with these stronger female Ooh. characters that are relatable. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she's a good yeah, position go player. Like she can fit onto a lot of different teams she without can. really needing to be there. Like for any, she doesn't need to know anybody. It can just be like, Oh, Moon Knight, you're fighting, you know, the something I'm going to go. Cause I kind of hear, I've heard of that too. And I think I can help fight. And like the same with blade and, you know, Morbius if he ever showed up, but like any of those and Black Knight, like she could just be in any of those things. And she can, like there are some aesthetic things about her that I hope get brought into it, like her big orange duster. And she's usually like dual wielding shotguns. Like, I just want oh, a little wow. bit Hello. more of that as time goes on, but I don't need it immediately. But um, but yeah, like she is she's a character who does just roll up like, um, you know, and say, like, come with me if you want to live to whoever's just there so like that that character i'm sure she'll be i was kind of looking at things like where could she show up and i don't know maybe daredevil but probably a second season of moon knight would be where i'd expect to see her next i still unless they do this again i have uh, i'm very wary about a second season of moon knight having rewatched those final two episodes i'm not high on moon knight and i don't keep saying it though oscar isaac has said it at least twice and i'm like didn't didn't they didn't he put a teaser out just today no, I, there was something. I, maybe I thought so. somebody dropped a poster. There, I well, know there was a poster that dropped, but I thought I, I saw he, something. He recently in an interview said that he this is not the last you've seen of the character. So mm. it did, did it promise a season. It promised the character will return. I'm like, oh, well, that's fine. Because that I, to me, that show is a mess. Um, <laughs> it, at times of just it, it, the parts did not equal the sum for me. But I think the, the reason Elsa works so well is Laura Donnelly gives us a r- tremendous performance. It's the first time I've ever seen Laura Donnelly in anything. But one thing about this, this, uh, this special is it's very light on plot and character yeah. development. It's just like, hey, uh, this guy's dead. He's now um, an animatronic corpse who delivers out puns and sends everyone on a mission. Enjoy. Uh, but she imbues like 20 years plus of trauma and resentment and anger and pain and sorrow in this 52 minute thing. Like we, we pretty much figure out her whole world and her whole modus operandi within minutes. And that's just, I think is all based on a great performance. Uh, speaking of great performances, Gail Garcia Bernal to me, is so charming and he comes off like such a retro movie star in this. He has such mm-hmm. a presence here. Um, one thing I've seen criticized about him and the beloved Ted is that is the humor is like, Oh, there's that Marvel humor again, mm-hmm. ruining things. I actually really loved the dynamic between Ted and Jack and also between Ted and Elsa. There was it, it felt real. It felt like he was very affable and charming. And this is who he is. He's a charming guy. He's sort of a monster hunter, but really not really. Um, that was a little murky, but I thought the humor worked here. What do you guys think about the humor that often Marvel gets criticized for? 
Well, you mean when when we're talking about the humor for man thing, Howard the Duck's friend? Yeah, I don't think they took him a little too seriously in this. I, I guess like in theory, when you hear about this guy and it's like, oh, he's like a swamp monster guy. You're like, oh, he's got to be scary. But he's and he's had his moments like he used to be a very and, I, and I'm sure he still is written that way sometimes, like kind of pulpy monster thing. But a lot of the times now he is pretty close to what he um how he came off here, which is just like kind of murdery like he it he works he's a the way he's, he's a murder work, but if he's not <laughs> then he's fine then he's pretty chill like um and i'm i what the one thing that i not like mad that they didn't do it or anything but i was surprised because no one ever calls a man thing um which is fine but he does come with the one of the best um taglines in like comics i can't remember exactly what it is but it's like uh whoever knows fear in their heart burns at the touch of the man thing or something like that. And like, oh. it's just, he's not a, he's a character to be taken seriously, but not like a character that's never been silly. So him for sure. I couldn't care less if werewolf by night makes jokes. Cause again, like his character means is so fluid to me. I have no idea what his, what he's supposed to be like. So yeah, I think, I think it was, I think it was fine. Um, what about you? Yeah. That tie, like, the, the way he was dressed, like the, the outfits, you got to have a little bit of like, it's not that you have to do the Marvel thing where everybody makes fun of everybody's names and whatever, but you do have to have a little bit of like, this is kind of silly. But then, because you need that to buy into the rest of it being exactly scary and cool and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it worked. Amanda, how did the humor work for you? I liked it because it wasn't too overdone. Um, you know, I felt like it was just the right amount of humor. And in, in at least for this particular, I, I, you know, for this particular project, and and I just I feel like the humor here made you like. For me, it made me like Jack and Ted more. Um, and you know, Gael Garcia, he's just he's charming right off the bat. Oh. You know, I've, I've been charmed by him for years. Um, <laughs> if he wants to call me, he can anytime. Um, <laughs> he's trapped on that beach. She's never going to get off. That oh. beach that makes you old. He's a uh, yeah. Oh, that's so that's right. We'll never oh. hear from him again. No, <laughs> that movie's fine. He's fine in it. It's yeah. not very good, but he's fine. yeah. Check out Matt's interview with M Night Shyamalan on the That's right. That was oh my god, oh, that was yeah. so long ago. Yeah, it was, it's like oh, forever man. ago. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a minute. That was um, when the, the, oh, yeah. that was when the Duffer brothers were working on Wayward Pines. That's how long. Oh ago. wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got to check. Yeah, out. he was fun <laughs> in the old movie. I like. I, I watched a little bit of Mozart in the Jungle. Um, which I feel like is probably where most people know him from. What else yeah. is he like? He did what the Will Ferrell movie um, where it was all in Spanish. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Padre. Yes. Yeah. Him and Diego Luna both were in that. Oh, he did that Michelle Gondry movie. Yeah. Uh, and then he did this super controversial priest movie that came out like, mm-hmm. gosh, I think I was in high school when that movie came out where he was a priest that fell in love with one of his parishioners. And it was oh, super. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I think that's where I, I feel first, like the first English. time I heard of him was Itumama Tambien, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Cause that was yeah. like Mike, I was in college and that was like every hipster college kid was like, you need to see this. I'm like, it's not yes. playing anywhere near me, dude. <laughs> like, oh, and he's, yeah. he was in, um, he's in Coco. I didn't realize that. Yes. There you go. That's a, that's a yes. credit. It's it, it, pretty yeah. universal. Yeah. But, <laughs> Universally I mean, makes you cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, he has that sense of humor comes naturally to him too. I think I feel like he plays very humorous he, when he does, he's given the chance to do humorous roles. He, he kind of, it's, it's, it's very organic for him. And that's what I liked. He wasn't very forced humor. It was, it was, 
um, very genuine because it's, it's coming from him. And it just right. made me like, it made me like him more as a, as a character. And I just want more, I just want more Ted and Jack, just let it happen. Where, Speak- I mean, where do you, where do you guys see them fitting? Like, I, you know, where, you know, especially man thing, where would you see, could you see them together? Do y'all see them separate? Like, where do you think they fit or will fit? I feel like Matt has a better theory yeah, than I do. I would, I would say like man thing is more constrained by kind of what he's usually, I feel like, well, I guess he's done, they both, I guess, done a lot of things in the comics, but I think like man thing more than, um, more than werewolf, I could expect to see on like the Thunderbolts or something like that. I only say that one because I know that's something he did kind yes, of recently. Yes, he did do that. Because um, apparently wasn't one of his stories that he, he, the reason he's that way is because he's a failed super soldier project. Yes, that's right. He's oh, that's he's right. weapon eight or something like that. Um, and yeah, it's like it's funny if you go back, there's like like Luke Cage is a failed Captain America experiment, too. Right. They, they, so many characters. Um, but oh. yeah, he. What's up? I, I, I wasn't he also involved in some multiverse stuff like, oh, he's, well, yeah, he's yeah. guardian of the the multiverse or he's like the guardian of the nexus of realities. I believe that's, that's his, right. Um, title. And I see the problem with man thing is love him. He's in so I much. Get, and I get his specific screwed up with swamp things a lot uh, because yes. they both <laughs> have similar names and have similar not like similar vibes, but it's that same, like I'm protector of the something. And I, you find me in a swamp and I, you know, will, I don't know. They're mysterious in that, in that same way. But, um, but yeah, he, so he guards the Nexus fall realities, which I believe is in Florida. So I feel like he's probably going to have to go there eventually. Um, I don't know if you're joking or not, but yeah. No, no, I'm that. pretty sure that's true. Yeah. It's, to, in, like, it's in Orlando. It's down. It's, we, are, yeah. we already had. Uh, this break in She-Hulk, so why not have it happen here? So, dude, uh, due to his own research needing to be moved somewhere more secluded, he discussed with Ellen the idea of moving to the Everglades as to be closer to Kurt. He was reassigned to Project Gladiator, a shield research program based in the Florida Everglades. So, yeah. Like him, I kind of he's going to go there eventually, I guess. But man, man or uh, Werewolf by Night, I guess he could, like, go hang out with Jon Snow or any of the kind of free agent (laughs) magical characters that don't really have a place yet. Because if Werewolf by Night becomes a popular brand, it would make sense to just stick some of these, you know, like like Blade eventually, but other kind of ancillary less, guys. Yeah, less connected magical European characters. We have a couple of those, and like Moon yeah. Knight, probably Moon Knight. Moon, yeah, Moon Knight for sure. Moon Knight um, could use the rub. He could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like probably Wong. I mean, the answer is probably Wong and Daredevil. It's and always Wong. It's always Wong. It's always yeah. Wong. I could, Fair yeah, you know what? Rules. I could, I definitely could see, yeah, like you're saying, in Daredevil, but I feel like I could see something tragic happening with Man Thing, like where he's protecting something and Kang ends up like killing him or something mm, like that yeah. to get where he needs to go and something. One thing I want to throw out there for you guys is not Elsa Bloodstone, but the Bloodstone itself. Mm-hmm. This is the first thing we see in color in the special. The Marvel loves shiny stones. We know mm-hmm. this. This has got to be something connected here, much like Shang Chi's rings, much like Miss Marvel's bangle. Oh, this has got to that. This has got to be connected. So I'm wondering. We know the plot for Ant Man: Quantum Mania is Kang needs Scott to pull off a heist, or he's going to kill his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, could that be involved in that? Like, do you see the blood, or could you see the Bloodstone being involved in? defeating monsters somewhere because now we have 
that's another thing I'll be asking about is yeah. we have monsters now. We have monsters. We have gods. We have Eternals and Celestials. And like we've got a lot of spiritual stuff. We'll, we'll going see if on. we have Eternals. No one's. Uh, sure hey. they I think we'll have like two Eternals. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. Eternal. They, they got they got their Harry Styles in there somewhere. They yeah, already oh, found them out there. We could. You could. just learn to act. It's. <laughs> what are we going to waste all this fine exactly. acting? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like we have Patton Oswalt. I mean, that's let's just yeah. use him. You know. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think we'll have like at mi- the minimum four Eternals, maybe five and one dies off real quick uh but mm. you know i feel like we have all these uh, supernatural beings that the bloodstone yeah. has to be attached to this somehow because they've made <laughs> such an emphasis on it with the color i had not noticed that i didn't realize apparently it is supposed to be alien in origin in the comics but it is like i would say it's described mm-hmm. pretty well in the show it's just like some magic rock that this family has and like elsa has it sometimes i see in my mind i don't usually I feel like there's another bloodstone named Cullen that has it for a while. And then obviously there's Ulysses, the dad, who's like an old pulp, you know, comics character who um, I don't know what this character who's who's he like? What's what kind of guys are there? Like a van, not Van Helsing. He's kind of like Van Helsing and adventurer man with the safari jack and stuff. So he he had it like implanted in his chest. Um, But I know Cullen had it most (laughs) recently. I don't know where it is now. But yeah, so it'll probably be some. Where is it? Like, where are all these things going, though? Like, no idea. Are they all going to be different pieces of jewelry worn by Kangs? Galactus or something? Like, yeah, what's, you know, are, is Galactus all... in this now? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I don't see why not. He's like, he's a, I guess if we have infinity, right? Or eternity, whichever one we had in Thor, like eternity. Galactus is one of their brothers. So. That pretty much opens the door for him. Did look like Galactus. Amanda, yeah. any any thoughts about the monster element of this and the supernatural? And how do you think the Bloodstone or any of these characters can be involved in it? Remember, there was like, for lack of a better term, a monster squad uh, or mm-hmm. the Legion of Monsters, whatever they're called. They all teamed up. Yeah. What were they? Were they the agents of howl or something there, there howl a was of... one of the names oh, yes. yeah yeah howl was one of them or they oh. were the howling commandos but with the word howl as like werewolf is supposed to whatever it used to be just guys but anyway yeah so go on <laughs> it's so I just, confusing i know i i just wonder if there's another maybe it's setting up for not something necessarily in this phase but maybe the next mm-hmm kind of maybe they're teasing the next direction or the next phase of the marvel universe um because sometimes right. i i feel like you know everything's so far is is laid out on the table for this, for this new current phase now mm-hmm. it's going to be well where are we going to go after yes. um so maybe this is kind of just a testing ground for the next direction of marvel is kind of the way i'm, I'm looking at it they're putting feelers out there um oh. You know, yeah. maybe maybe mapping without us really knowing it's being mapped. <laughs> oh, I think, um, yeah, I think it's that. I think it's very not like focus groupy, but like they see what people respond to and go, oh, I guess, you know, uh, what's what it, what's the most popular thing that's come out of the MCU recently? Like Shang-Chi. Now that yeah. guy, Daniel Destin Craig is directing, you know, Kang Dynasty because it's like, well, I guess this is probably what people like. And I'm sure there's more to it than that. But I do think yeah. like this could drive a you know the supernatural thing i do think now that i'm looking at a list of characters that this guy's friends with um i because i think one of the problems right now with the magical universe is 
what Doctor Strange is doing doesn't really fit here. No. But I do think right. Brother Voodoo, the um, Voodoo Magic Sorcerer Supreme, I oh, could see right. him showing up and kind of bringing these guys together because he's a little closer to like that um, or like horror type supernatural stuff. Is this the introduction for Ghost Rider? Because he was the original oh, leader. That's a Duh. good point. I always forget he's coming in one of these. Yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves yeah. wants to play him. So oh, just does. make it and so does Gosling. I didn't, yeah. I you know what? It's a coin flip. It's, it's always me. Keanu. It's always it has to be. He's of, the nicest of course, guy on the show. Yes. Yeah, so, well, nice. I also met the guy. He's a, he's a super nice dude. Uh, when did you meet Keanu? Okay, so real yeah. quick, I was. Is this a, recently? Or? No, this is like ten years oh. ago. Uh, oh. So yeah, I was at a um, I was at a screening for Pop Break. The first one I, ever, I went to was uh, we called I Melt with You. It was like Jeremy Piven, Thomas Jane. <laughs> it was very art. It's not oh. good. It's not good. Uh, mm. I went to this little screening. Uh, thanks to Magnolia Pictures, and I was walking out of the building. I see this tall guy with a, a bag, just like Neo would carry, a big duffel. Mm. I was like, obviously full of guns. Uh, and I see it, and I'm yeah. like, and I was like, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. Didn't respond, and I just go, hey, dude. And he just turns around, like, yeah. <laughs> and he just, oh my god. And he was, I just, you know, he was all kind of like how I look right now, gray and, you know, a little older. Mm-hmm. And I was, we started talking and I was just like, I, I, I have the site. I named it after point break. And I swear to everything in my life. He looks at me, he goes, awesome. Like that, like, just like from Bill and Ted. Oh, and I was, just, wow. and I looked on the inside on my, on my inside. I'm like, he, he he's like this in real life. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all these people started surrounding us. And he's just like, Hey man, I, this is a little too much for me. I got to go, but it was great. Mm. Meeting. Yeah. And I like shook his hand. He shook, like, we like looked at each other in the eye, shook each other's hand and he like bounced. And I was like, nicest guy in the world. Like, like, wow. what did I, he didn't have to That's, talk to me, but he was, he was really cool. That, that would be my whole life right there. Like I would just, I like everything I've ever done my whole life is just, it's, this is the accomplishment. This is the it's pinnacle. like kid marriage yes. Keanu. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, I got to go with that, but I just what I want to see. I would love to see. That would be great. And we keep talking, keep hearing Midnight I mean, Suns. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not, have, have you ever, I made a, a video fan casting Keanu. That's not the even, I like him as Ghost Rider. I also love him as Silver Surfer. I but my mean, big, yeah. My as big a point break fan, is, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he's got that kind of, and the Silver Surfer isn't yes. unlike John Wick in his kind of vibe yeah. and very, like very backstory. True. But um, I want him as the Beyonder. We're getting Secret Wars. Oh. And I think he's got that like, you know, ethereal, oh. cosmic, weird oh. grandmaster thing going. Oh. Uh, so yeah. that's I've called that shot a long time ago, but I would love to see that. Um, so that happened. I want to pose this question to you guys because I want to get into the actual special uh, idea itself. Yeah. What if this is just a one off insular um, story? We never go anywhere else with this. Mm. Are you guys OK with that? Because I'm OK with it. Because I'm going to watch this every Halloween now. Because I'm just like, this is a really fun Halloween special. I'm going to watch it every year. But I also like the characters would love to see more of it. But are you guys okay with it possibly being a one-off? I'm okay with it with the way they ended it. They left it open-ended. I'm like, so there's always a possibility they could come back to it. And we could get maybe like a Halloween special every year. Um, You know, or they could do you know, kind of a special, you could see like cameos that kind of like, you know, Daredevil doing his thing right now, or, you know, oh, well, or even wow. look at Deadpool, or even look at Deadpool, right? <laughs> I mean, De- <laughs> Deadpool has his own, he's not really tied to every, what everything, everybody else is doing. He's got his own yeah. moment. Yeah. 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 
it's it'll come at some point, but right now he's doing just fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm okay with it because again, the, the door is open, but it's also, it, it, but the ending was satisfying enough for me to say, okay, I, I'm, I'm okay. But I, I, I personally still want to see more though. I mean, if you, could I, bring, if you could bring the leader back after 15 years, I guess we, yeah. You know, could bring anything, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Like, I feel like it doesn't have to be immediate and I guess it depends on how much the cast wants to come back for it and stuff. But like, I think it would be weird if we don't see them again, just because it seems like this thing went out of its way to set itself in the present day where it could have been set in the fifties. And then you'd be like, well, maybe we'll never see these guys again. Like they all could have aged, you know, like none of them should be aging anyway. So like, it would make sense that they could show up in 2025 or whatever year the Marvel universe is in now. And like, it's not a big deal, but it does feel like it, I I would be I would be shocked if they didn't bring them back because that's how this works. Right. Like if I know. we got two Ant-Man movies and then we're getting a third one coming and like this is better than that, right? So we should get more of this. Um I do love Ant-Man. I I have nothing against Ant-Man. Ant-Man's fine, but it is the one that I think it's like it if if Ant-Man could do it anybody can do it. That is that is a solid point. Now let's talk about the specials themselves. I think this is great for Marvel. I mm-hmm. want Marvel to lean more into this. I'm it make this makes me more excited for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday holiday special. I mean, they have a Lego advent calendar for that special already. I'm I'm just telling myself I don't need it in my life, although I mm. really I do need it in my life. Um do you guys want more of these specials? And what would you want to see Marvel do with these specials? Because for me, I see it as Let's tell, let's take more fringe characters, tell these stories. Let's let creatives who maybe have never directed or who would never usually play in the Marvel sandbox have with a full movie, give them a short to work on or something like that. What do you guys think? Uh, Nando, let's start with you. They they should do that. I think they will too. I've read rumors today, actually, that Nova is getting a special presentation. Finally, that's going to be the next one of those. And that makes sense because it does seem like Marvel is just like, you're just almost good enough for a movie. You're so close. And it's like, this is the just almost good enough for a movie crowd. Um, But yeah, I think, I think you can, you can drive it either way. I think you can either take characters that it's like, we would love to have a werewolf by night in the Marvel universe, but we can't figure out where to put him. So we'll do that. Or I think you could say we've always wanted to get, you know, this terrible example, like Quentin Tarantino to do something in the Marvel universe. He doesn't want to do a movie. So maybe he'll do this or a, yes, like, or a different subgenre of, or something that we we've never really like that you couldn't get them to commit to for a whole movie. I'm actually working. I like, cause I was thinking about this the other day um, before he sent the thing over as like a video topic, just like what are some other, you know, things they can do um, with these. And like, I do think, I don't know. There's just some characters. I got a list of like, we got like Deathlock, the great Lake Avengers machine man, great brother Voodoo Lakers. was one of them, like yeah. the power pack. Um, there's just a bunch of them that I think you can align them with a subgenre. Like Deathlock goes with like the, you know, Schwarzenegger eighties movies that he premiered around or like that, that character is kind of contextualized with the same way that werewolf by night is it contextualized with this genre. That's kind of dead or like, yeah. you know, does no longer exists. Um, so I think you can, I think you could go back to like the seventies and be like, okay, we want like a cool 
kind of uh, taxi driver film noir thing. What character was doing that then that probably wouldn't be doing it now? And then we'll make his thing. Cause like, I think there's, I think there's quite a few options here. This makes the most sense for Howard the Duck's next thing for me. Yes. That's the one thing yeah. I think like, this is where he belongs is some detective story or something. And he could hang out with man thing. Like they, like I said, they're good friends in the comics. So it would make sense. Uh, another Christmas special with Kate Bishop. Wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I've, I'm not gonna say because I don't have plans for her, but my my dream for her is she gets her own. Uh, she moves to the West Coast and starts yes. the West Coast Adventures because she's there's so many. They're just they're just filling the West Coast out with guys now, especially with She Hulk. Like, so yeah, we need her to go and do her detective agency thing. But yeah, she would be a good. You could do a fun Christmas special with her. Amanda, what about you? What do you want to see these specials? Do you, or do you even, are you like, eh, okay, let's just be, let's just do them every once in a while. I like it. I, I like the idea of a holiday special or something that's a little, a little more one-off. I mean, you can play with, I mean, you have plenty of characters to play with, you know, and, and I mean, look at what they did for, I mean, it, it worked in the Star Wars universe. I mean, you had the yeah. Star Wars Christmas special, you know, um, yeah. And I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to, or like even some of the, the eighties cartoon, like, you know, I grew up like the He-Man Christmas special, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily have to tie back into a main plot line. It could just be like a fun side piece or sidebar in this character's story where it's like, you know, um, like, I don't know, Thor has some kind of you know, funny Christmas hijinks or something. I don't know. Something mm-hmm. brings like a, I'm really know. hoping for the Korg St. Patrick's Day special. Yeah, I mean, and so, I am, I mean, I am mm. not, and I'm not kidding about that. Like, I would, because he would worship the Shamrock or something. Like, that would be yes. one of his exactly. gods yes. on yes. Earth or something. Yeah. And him, him and but, Meek would be obviously at a bar trunk or something. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. But I mean, something fun like that. I mean, you could, you could still, you could try to tie it back, but not everything I feel like necessarily has no. to. And you can just use again the, you know, again, either characters people don't know or people characters people do know. I mean, look at Groot, the little series of Groot specials. That was great. I loved it. That was great. But does that tie back to the main Guardians? No, right? No. But it just I think was it's a fun... out of continuity, too. Like, right. I think it is its very own thing in a bubble. So, yeah. yeah. And there's nothing. I think sometimes having things like that, specials like that, it's fun. It's different. It mm-hmm. changes the pace of what we know from Marvel and I think keeps Marvel fresh. From P- it helps keep people from burning out. So I'm here for it. Speaking of keeping things fresh, we are going to depart Werewolf by Night. A series I think we a uh, special we all liked and enjoyed yeah. and we'll go back yeah. to. But we're talking about keeping things fresh, doing things different. And that is undoubtedly She-Hulk, attorney at law. Let's start right off the bat, a sitcom. Uh, fourth wall breaking. So much different stuff here. Matt, I'm going to start with you about your relationship with She-Hulk because you've put out a great video yeah. about She-Hulk. You were tweeting about this. Like when I had knew we were going to do the finale, I saw you tweeting about this. I'm just like, he's coming out of the show. We have to talk about this. Tell me about your relationship with She-Hulk, especially from the comic books, because for me, as I usually say, I collected the card. That's how I first it was introduced to character. Mm. And then I had the West Coast Avengers comics. So I saw, mm-hmm. I read a lot. See, Al, I actually read the fucking comic books. So, um, <laughs> you know, he's not listening to this podcast, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so I read it in the comics. So you have a big, you're very, have a, a huge affinity for her. Yeah. So t- talk Top about five, it. probably favorite comic characters for me because her, her 
books are always so interesting. I don't, I, there's probably been a bad She-Hulk book, but I do feel sure. like it's a book that tends to, um, and like it's a concept that feels very, it, it's unusual in that like the She-Hulk books, when they were written, obviously they started out as just like kind of this weird power, not like power grab, but like they were trying to steal the trademark from the TV show. If you guys heard this, it's so weird. They, no. um, the Bill Bixby TV show was going to introduce she hulk or a girl hulk so marvel was like oh wait if they do that they get the rights to that character so we have to invent a she hulk comic now so that we can hold on to that trademark so it's like the fourth or fifth episode or whichever one it is that's about holding on to the name's trademark thing like that's that's she hulk's whole business and you know the first whatever um run of hers that i guess is oh i can never remember because there's a lot of you know it's like marvel they all have a different name that comes before the actual character name so i don't was think it? it's savage she hulk but no i don't remember the, uh, yeah i don't remember I'll look sensational she hulk and so anyway the first one is fine it's just like kind of a you know she goes on adventures and uh is there and it and it's good and it cr- kind of creates an interesting character but then when an author got a hold of her in the 80s and decided to just do weird shit with her and also make her not just like the fourth wall breaking, which was also invented then, but the idea of like this kind of adult, because it's not adult in the like, you know, they they say bad language words at Batman right. or the adult in that like, it's a, you know, like American pie, but it was this adult, like this is what adults do. Like they yep. hang around and they get drunk and they go on dates. So that's what She-Hulk did. Um, and those comics had a really interesting, like, I don't know. It was just, it felt super fresh. Now I didn't read them then. Cause I was, I wasn't born, but after yeah. that in 2004, you get the Dan slot run. It's one that everybody loves. And that I feel like was the first thing I heard was introduced as character through. And it's just that those 12 issues are terrific. And the other ones that he did after that are also pretty good, but like, it's just one of those things that like it, it you always wanted to see something like that in comics you always want to see spider-man sue j jonah jameson and yes. like you know some of those hypotheticals and like that just this and it's one of the things i think that works about the show is this not like soft world building but not like world building in the sense that you know we open with a big monologue about how the five tribes of wakanda split up or whatever but just this like oh hey it's Howard the Duck over there. Yeah, he works across the street. Like stuff like that, I feel like was something that She-Hulk. Um, I one one of the things I love about She-Hulk made the world feel like lived in. Um, and yeah, I mean the fourth wall stuff is is fun. I don't think like it's funny because it has become something that she's very known for now. I wouldn't say it's a huge part of the actual character's whole deal. It was really big in that '80s series, but I don't remember that much of it in the like slot run. The slot runs much weirder because it's like instead of her breaking the fourth wall, like comics exist in the universe and characters will open up comic books and look up Titania's weakness because they don't know how to beat her in the fight they're having with her across the street. So it got really, I don't know, like meta and and, uh, and clever. But anyway, yeah. So and she's a character who's really fun on teams because like a lot of these guys, um, you know, like Iron Man and Captain America, they are kind of and obviously all the X-Men are defined by a certain group of people that they're always with. And She-Hulk is not like that. Like she has friends, but she will join the Fantastic Four if they've got an opening. She will join the Avengers if they have an opening. And like, 
it's she's very flexible and um i i always like a character like that because then you just start reading a book and it's like oh cool she hulks in this one like fun um so yeah i yeah she's she's great i'm sure we'll get into it more but um i think one of the most fun comic characters marvel's got just going you know that is something you bring up it's just like you know we know tony you know iron man is tony stark tony stark is a businessman he's a billionaire but she hulk you know obviously she was an attorney but it was also she seemed like a real person Mm -hmm. you know it's just and the thing all but and even i remember even on the card of them saying like she went on dates she did this i'm like oh well she drives she she has a convertible it's just like she doesn't have the flash jet or some sort of yeah you know really yeah. trademarked thing that they they ride around on or was it she had a real life and a real job and when she needed to smash things and, and she did and yeah. i think that was always like it was pretty cool amanda what was uh, your relationship with she hulk i feel like for me growing up she was a very underrated character like uh, you know you know listening again watching comics watching movies or i'm sorry reading comics watching movies um you know, I heard a lot about, again, like the mainstream female heroes, you know, like your Wonder Woman or like your, you know, it, it, that was who got a lot of the narrative. And I feel like, again, She-Hulk was not somebody I appreciated until I got older. And I mean, just really, really flushed out in the comics. Um, Just, I mean, my gosh, like she's somebody you could relate to as, especially now watching the show. And I really feel like that's something the the show did well was translate her relatability. You know, a lot of the the quips that she has in the comments, I mean, as somebody in that age bracket, like her whole thing mm-hmm. with dating, I was like, oh yeah. yeah. We could do a whole podcast about uh, dating whole... horror stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's we can fun... invite on that podcast. <laughs> and she does date people in the podcast or yeah. in the show. And that's, and so does Matt. And that's why those two characters I just find so fun is it's like, they could just strike up a conversation with anybody. They're not, you know, always in love with Mary Jane Watson or whatever. Right. And everybody's mad that they're not with her. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that'd yeah. be a fun pairing. Who knows? Yeah. That's what adults are like. Exactly. And that's, that's the best part. That's why I feel like she's somebody who's so underrated. And I tell people not like go back. And if you're going to read comics, you're going to look at, look to anybody. She's fantastic. Um, just, you know, again, I feel like sometimes she gets an unfair shot where it's, you know, yeah, she's a Hulk, a girl Hulk. Well, um, Okay. You know, there's so much more to that. And I feel like compared to a lot of other female characters, she's been very fleshed out in the comics and now on the show in a very relatable way. And that's a rare, I think a rare aspect. As much as, you know, Lady Thor is cool, she's not somebody I can relate to. Whereas I feel like I could go out and like hang out with She-Hulk and we have like the best time ever because she could be like my best friend. And just, you know, she's- The Mighty Thor was also- dying of cancer so i mean this i don't know true. how fun she would this be is true. You know? but, but you know but and not to bash any of the other female characters in marvel but i i just feel like they're missing that <clears throat> the, she hulk's relatability and her you know again just her realism you know she's like somebody you would know you know i think yeah. that's unique to her character and that's something i i really enjoyed i i, I didn't appreciate until later on in life and i like i love her now she's great <laughs> so, oh, so i think b- based on what both of you said that when i first heard that tatiana maslani was cast mm. i'm just like well she's not really tall that was you know my first yeah. dunderheaded response because that's just obviously dumb bill talk um is 
she was the perfect casting because she, mm-hmm. I feel, absolutely killed it in the in these episodes. To me, my favorite moment of hers was the moment where she's uh, where she's in the group therapy session, and I don't know, yes. maybe this is because I'm in therapy, uh, so that's I related to it more. Is where she is so emotional talking about the duality of being Jen and being She Hulk, and she's crying, and I'm just like. This is like I have we we don't really get this. I feel like we and I can be wrong here. Um, I'm often wrong. This is the deepest we've really gotten on an emotional level that's like super relatable. Not like hey, like this giant. You know, everyone got blipped out of existence because that doesn't really happen. You know, you know that like that. Like I feel like that was so much one of the most relatable Marvel moments I've had. Uh, yeah. and what about you guys? I because I I was sitting there. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm getting super emotional at this because I feel terrible for this character. I I do think now that I'm kind of thinking about who, what character she feels like to me, um, more than any, not more than anybody else, because it's not the same kind of character. But She Hulk does feel like she has the kind of relatability and like almost every manness by way of being a person you could have grown up with as like Spider-Man for some people does. Yeah. And yeah. I love Spider-Man a lot, but it's, he's never been like my favorite character. Um, And I, but I do think like you do get those moments in Spider-Man too, where like, you know, he just sits down and is like, I've broke man. Like this sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and it, I feel like she Hulk has, I don't know. She Hulk, there's something about the way they wrote her just like, it, it was it was just funny and silly enough to be a comedy, but also like, yeah, it does feel like kind of how people talk in yeah. real life as opposed yeah. to like Thor and stuff. And like a lot of those guys oh. who like not to say Thor because Thor is obviously Asgardian, but they also do that like, you know, it's Taika does it, but it's the stuff that what's his name did like um, the guy from like the 40 year old version that like everybody. Oh, Judd Apatow, Judd, Judd Apatow, like everybody improvs until our heads explode and like i feel like this felt kind of the characters felt really specifically written but also yeah they they i don't know there's something about the way they reacted to everything that just felt real um you, you know the one who it's like a side character and i i, I i'm pretty sure you love this character is pug when yes. he's in the finale and he's talking to mm. the, for lack of a bit just incels and and it's yeah. just like he's sitting there and you could see he viscerally hates everything about these guys and wants to hurt these guys because they're he finds them disgusting and i'm like that it, it wasn't it, like it's supposed to be played for comedy but it felt like it felt so natural for him to hate this because he generally cares for the women in his life and he respects the women in his life you know i i, and I was like wow that's a really great choice that i feel like a lot of people are gonna miss yeah. Because it's just yeah. like, let's laugh at these insults because we should, because uh, they're mm. awful. But like, I I love the fact he had that visceral reaction. And I felt like everyone was pretty, like those parents. I love the parents in this. Oh, the parents cousin, are great. cousin Larry Appleton was great. <laughs> like, I mean, he is yeah. every square dad to ever oh, exist. Oh, I know. I love him so much. <laughs> I just was like, the warm fuzz. Like, you could put my jacket on if you're cold. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my gosh. I'm just like, yeah, I'm a daddy's girl, so that like those high waisted khakis were really yes mm-hmm. with the elastic waist worked. Their talk in the garage in episode one, yeah. I guess, or maybe yes. it's episode two. I can't remember, but like it's where two. he does just say like, "Are you, 
are you good? Is everything okay? Did feel very like, oh yeah, this is how people talk. Like that was one of the first moments for me that was that that did really stand out. And yeah, and and let's talk about the sitcom format because it's also like we said, this is a sitcom. This was a Mm -hmm. thirty some odd minute sitcom. Um, I also felt like they talked more realistically than in most sitcoms that we. But we watch like it's mostly like fat guy with the attractive wife. Oh, I hate my wife. She wants to spend time with me. I just want to watch the game and drink beer. It's always these mm-hmm. ridiculous heightened yeah. situations. But this time, the heightened situations, the She-Hulk were caused by, you know, villains and superheroes and stuff. Right. Uh, but I felt like it was way more grounded and realistic than like King of Queens and Friends and all these other sitcoms. My father-in-law watches ad nauseum. Like, did you guys feel that, or am I just like so anti-sitcom it just hurts? Uh, Matt, I'll go with you first. Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, I think it definitely felt it felt more like a it, it felt definitely better, not like better than your average sitcom. Because I love you know Always Sunny and like you yes, know Seinfeld. Like, there's great sitcoms, but sure. um. It did feel, I guess, part of the weird thing about the Marvel Universe that you can do this with the Marvel Universe and you can't really with like you couldn't do this with the first season of Always Sunny is you can do something like throw Wong into a scene. And we know a lot of things about him already. So he has a really defined but also very strange character that's like, yes, they have Wi-Fi camaraderie. Like that's something we know he's kind of up on on, you know uh technology like he gets drunk has parties like all things we've heard them say before um and i think they're able to use a lot of that to kind of turn make these characters feel more three-dimensional because it's just like i do know people that are weird in that same way they're not just like him but it's like he has four or five really specific traits that you know and like tim roth has that obviously daredevil (laughs) has that like all Tim those, Roth, man. Yeah, oh, and Bruce. Like so many of the established MCU characters work really well in a sitcom because of how, and it's probably why all the movies are comedies anyway. But like yes. because of how you know we spent so much time with them that watching them do pretty much anything could be funny if we, you know, zero in on some weird thing they're doing that only they could do. Um. So let's get into you. We Matt, you mentioned a bunch of characters. Let's talk about like from the MCU, uh, both well known and as you've said from the Great Lakes and other mm-hmm. places. Yeah, who was your favorite cameo or a guest appearance from the established uh, Marvel Comics and MCU in the show? So, Matt, I'll start with you. Who was the favorite here? I pretty much figure out. I pretty much know who it's going to be, but I'm just curious. Wait for oh, okay. I'm sorry, I just said Nando. I was like, me? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess our names sorry. do sound casting. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. I got I have to I have to speak from the diaphragm. That's, I'm sorry. That, mm-hmm. Oh no, that's why I always wait, because I went to high school with four Mandas. And so mm. it was like kind of waiting, like which one are we talking to? I have the, I have the same name as my dad. So it's like yeah. hey, it's like Bill, and then we're both like yes. And I know luckily I've yeah. never met another Matthew. There just aren't any more in the world. It's so, a very yeah, it's not, a very not deal with very niche. Not name. At all. Very uncommon. Yeah. Very common. You'd be surprised because it's in the Bible, but they just no one used it. So. It's like Daredevil. Very close. It's like you that's right. Daredevil. Yeah, just that's just it. the two of us. Yeah. But you, and yeah. and uh, obviously Al's a future baby uh that yes. will be named. Yes. Of course. Yeah. But um, so obviously loved Daredevil, but I love the little my little squad in group therapy, like mm-hmm. the way they just came to her defense after she gives after she opens up 
And again, it's, it's such a, it's such a relatable way. Like I was tearing up, like I, I cried. I'm not gonna lie. I cried watching that because right. it's such a relatable, <laughs> it's such a relatable, like, you know, people like this one aspect of you, not the other. And you have to kind of, you feel like you're trying to, yeah, that whole, it was, yeah. So it was, it was really, really well done, but just the way they came to her defense was just the best. You want a squad like that of people that are like, we want to spend time with the real Jen, like Jen. She's pretty awesome. She's great. I'm sure she's pretty great. And it's like that, that gave me all the feels. I was like, I love all you guys in the room right now. And yeah, that was such a feel good moment. I loved all those guys. Mm. And just one time I adopted all of them. They, yeah, as I, as I should, as everyone should. Um, Everyone needs a smelly porcupine man in their life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or you know, a, a, a matador. matador. It's not quite a matador. Yeah. Like this little kind of lovable cast of misfit characters that you just you 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 know they don't even know her and they just immediately had her back. It was that was so great. Um, mm-hmm. I loved I loved those characters. So I feel like as much as the the mainstream characters were a lot of fun, I feel like it's a lot of the more minor characters and those minor roles that took that took the moments. So I for me I love that little group right there they they stole it for me matt i feel like matt i feel like i know your answer no Uh, because i i keep changing it i'm looking at a list of them all too and i'm like i did really like there's characters that like there's there's certain characters that aren't from the comics that i loved like patty harrison's one of my favorite people to watch in general so when i found out that she was playing the weird high school friend wedding lady like that was i was so on board with that um and uh you know, like Donnie plays the magician. I thought that was very funny. Everything yes. that was we're doing work for me. Good. But um, if we're talking about like characters from the comics, I, I know it's like she kind of comes and goes. But I did enjoy Jamila Jamil she as Titania. Yeah, because she was, it was so it was so committed to like being something like it wasn't it wasn't a particularly realistic person like that person exists in some capacity. But like. It's not a person, you know, but it's a person, you know, of so like you can kind of see, you know, you can watch that um, like that kind of character fall really comfortably into this world. And then just do like you watch an influencer go into the Marvel Universe and just influence her around. And like, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to, you know, steal the trademark for the uh, character's name and, and like all that stuff. I, and just I liked there were some things like in the in the finale, just the way that like she enters and then poses. It's a really quick thing, but yeah. It, yeah, like she does. It, it's great. It's she does. super it's awesome. very strong. Um, the other character that I loved that was one from the books that I was like, oh, I didn't know we're doing her is book um, Mallory book played by Renee Lee Goldsberry from Girls Five Ever. One of my favorite shows going now, um, which I would say might be the best uh i don't know if you call it a sitcom but like network comedy on peacock so no one watches it it's the rules but um i like and i I do wish we got a little bit more of her but i love the idea of like the lawyer who has been working at this firm for her whole life and she can't stand that she hulk is there getting all the credit um but also is like a very competent lawyer and a good person so like you don't you're never like she's bad you're always just like everything she says about she hulk every kind of you know time she makes fun of her she's 100 percent right and she's and she's cool um i i do wish we got a little bit more of her but like that character i was very excited to see her um have such a 
just I don't know, be in it. Like, uh, yeah, love her. I am very surprised you did not talk about the Wrecking Crew. I love them too, but yeah, I, I was. <laughs> they weren't in it enough. They, yeah, I feel like the record was fun. He was weird. It was a very strange take on him. Um, but yeah, I feel like if there was maybe a, a wrecking crew episode, it would be my favorite. I mean, like even like Leapfrog didn't love oh the character God. as like yeah. a person, but I do think like some of those choices for like guy that gets a frog themed superhero. So like that's great. The Taylor was great. Like everybody oh, was, was just so much of something. It was uh, yeah, it was awesome for me. Obviously, a non comic book character, Madison, yeah, was Madison. she stole our hearts? I was, I, was it <laughs> I was stunned. She did not have a little appearance at the very end where mm. she, where uh, uh, annihilation or abomination goes to Carmitage. I was like, I was expecting oh, her to yeah. be there for just like a, a split second. She wasn't. Um, but I so here's I'm going to make a confession here. I never watched the Daredevil Netflix show that wow. will be on season two of Bill versus the MCU. Mm, uh, we're yeah. going to watch the whole thing. So this is my first introduction to Charlie <laughs> Cox, who was I was a big oh, fan of great. on Boardwalk Empire. He was on yeah. there for a couple yeah. seasons as Daredevil. Now, I obviously I saw No Way Home. I saw the mm-hmm. cameo there, but seeing Daredevil in action for the first time ever for me. I didn't even watch the everyone's like, watch the stairwell with well fight. I'm like, no, because I want to see the whole episode and everything. I don't want to see like a clip. And this is the first time I ever saw it. And I'm like one charming as fuck. That guy Mm -hmm. is such a charming son of a bitch. That Irish, that Irish accent slips in and you could tell Mm -hmm. that Jennifer Walters is like you and me, things are happening. And I'm like, great. That feels realistic. And then when he is daredevil, I'm like, this is the coolest goddamn character. Yeah. so effortlessly he is the new i'll say it like this it's gonna sound weird he's like the new tony stark iron man like effortlessly yeah cool. yeah effortlessly cool and that's why he's gonna be in a million things that's why mm-hmm. he's gonna be an echo that's why he's gonna have his own show and this is not the last time we'll see him in popping up elsewhere and just having him in the episode and then having him because of the finale just randomly popping in he's like so, hey yeah i'm here <laughs> i was like and the walk of shame Mm-hmm. That was great. <laughs> Loved it. Awesome. His comedic timing, his chemistry with Tata and Maslani, and the action sequences were awesome. So for me, I'm now like, fuck, I need to watch Daredevil immediately. Why is there so much mm. good TV shows on that I have to watch now? Peace I just want to get to Daredevil. I know. That's Long what I'm right. Yep. We need to talk about the finale and mm-hmm. the moments in the finale where everything is going to shit is we find out the uh, Todd is hulking and he is he stole Jen's blood and he was trying to become a Hulk abomination by a series of comedic mishaps thinks he's talking you know a life coach but he's helping these uh, in talking to these incels yeah. Yeah. love Hulk that sh- yeah I wish that we got a little great. bit more of them missing him and stuff like that um, was really funny. Bruce shows up Titania shows up and Jen says wait a second this is not none of this makes sense and she breaks Disney Plus and ends up in Hollywood, I think. And um, mm-hmm. because I've never been to Disneyland, so I don't know. Um, she breaks into Hollywood and is like, uh, let's rewrite this. And she needs to talk to Kevin Feige to fix all this. This is all the wildest shit I've ever seen on a show. So, Amanda, I'm going to start with you. How did all of this work for you? Because this was a super bold choice to make for this series. I loved it. I loved that this show was able to take Marvel 
and make fun of it. It's, it's making fun of itself. And I mean, just even the, the tropes that she pointed out when she was talking to Kevin, it was, again, this is like the super serum. Again, you know, how come this ha- it has to be this way? Can the abomination take responsibility? Like everything she listed out is everything that I think people say sometimes about Marvel. You know, it's okay, well, we've seen this already. It's been done. And I think this is their answer to the critics. And I think this is their answer to the skeptics. It's okay, yeah, we've, we've heard you. And this is where we're going now. We're going to change it up. Um, I thought it was really refreshing. I loved it. I, 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 you know, it was, I was like, I wonder how this episode is going to be because the last episode with Daredevil was so good. was so good. And I'm like, how are you going to end, end this? And I mean, you, and, and again, you just ended on a very realistic feeling of you're, you're angry for her. Like you see everything play out and just the way the, ep- the last episode ended, it's like, well, where is it going to go from here? It was so unexpected when she broke the Disney plus screen. Oh my gosh. I think I just was sitting there. Like I popped. I was like, this is, is. this was so great. This was so, I, I, it worked so well. It was incredibly refreshing. She Hulk, honestly, that those last two episodes, this finale, like just bumped the show up to the top of the Marvel list for me. I didn't think anything was going to knock WandaVision for me because that's been my number Mm. one so far. Oh wow, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. She Hulk, she Hulk just right up there. And I, I loved it. So we're so good. So good. So Matt, I'm going to pose that same question to you, but I'm also going to ask this now they earlier in the series, they talked about Wong and making the show a little bit Twitter proof for a week. Oh yeah. Uh, that was uh, fun. No, it's fun. Do you think uh, that was, because I, I feel like some people will look at this and be like, Oh, this is just Marvel giving the middle finger to the critics. And it's just like, they're being, they're being petty. Right. Do you feel it was petty or do you feel like this is, they're making, this is a good joke here. This is a good game. Oh, I mean, I think it's a great joke. I love when you can bait a reactionary because they're so uh, like they, cause these guys do. And like, you know, I I talked about it in my She-Hulk video, but I also saw a couple other people make very similar points. Not like in like the, they copied me, but in like the, um, there's another YouTuber named Sarah Zed who did a video about another anime that I'm not familiar with, but it's that same idea of like that. It's you, you can see this stuff coming a mile away. Right. And I'm sure when they wrote this, they were like, this line is going to piss people off and this line is going to piss people yeah. off. But we have to put it in because that's what the point of the show is. So then they were like, you know what? Let's have someone say that that line's going to piss people off after that. And like, you could never do that with a regular show. You have no. to, Well, you could. You would have to have, you know, some other character do some sort of meta gag or something. But I do think with She-Hulk, it would have been a huge like wasted opportunity to not have her like say those things. And I, I think it's like an insane because you have to do that stuff, you know, a year in advance, right? Like you can't, if you, if this was, you know, friends, then you could reference the thing from last week, maybe. Um, yeah. But like it's so I do think it's really impressive looking back at how many things they were able to like, this would be so embarrassing if they did this show and nobody reacted that way. Right. There were no right. angry and so yelling online, but of course they did. So it just looks like a great, like, you know, amazing called shot for the, you know, little, little kid in the hospital bed, like here, I'm going to hit a home run for you tonight. And they, wow. Yeah, what a, what they a managed pull. to wow. just like, they managed to make that threading that needle is so tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought the finale was crazy. There was the point where she, 
the point where we went back to the Disney Plus thing for me was yeah. that was when I was like, as I was watching it, like obviously like last night at like three in the morning. <laughs> um, so I was like ready to fall asleep. And not like I was ready to fall asleep because I was actually qu- quite up, but it was like late and I was and I was by myself and I was just like, is this what we're doing? They're gonna do it. Cause there are comics where she like, you know takes the pen away from the person that's drawing the comic or like rips the back off of it. And like, you know, I think originally excited. I've read about this when it happened. I kind of forgot. I believe it's in sensational. She Hulk eight is the one where they first do the meta joke. And it's because they switched writers and one of the right, or they switched artists and they wanted, they switched back to a different artist. And that guy wanted to be like, I was drawn weird last book. So, you know, as a way to kind of say like, yeah. this guy didn't do it. it it's complicated, but um, oh, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, it's it's some really weird petty kind of thing between the uh between the different creatives, but the idea that like they are gonna do something like this now, it in like in the end of season one, I think is like really good. Cause I think there was a part of me that was like, is the end of the season gonna be her? And before we had seen trailers, like, is the end of the first season going to be her breaking the fourth wall for the first time? Like, noticing the camera and going like, oh, hey, you've been watching the show. Um, and if that was the case, that would maybe work. But it's like, I appreciate this do everything attitude that they have, where it's like, we might not get a second season. So let's, you know, like, let's not leave anything on the table. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought all the, like, every reference was, really solid i think some of the like some of the things she said i thought were like okay yeah the daddy issues thing that's cute but some of the things that i think were like obviously the way that um she like the way that she was calling out like the x-men stuff like that that was all amazing but the um the part of it that honestly worked the best for me and i always love this it's like a gag that will always get me is computer saying human words like uh oh (laughs) what are you doing like when she sits down and he's like Oh, oh, we're sitting down. Yes, like, that, that was great. That killed me. Um, and or when she's like, um, people say the more they end with a big fight. Who says that? And you know, like there's, <laughs> it's just like I would have liked Kevin Feige, but I really, no, I like this. Like better. looking back, I really appreciate that they did this weird little gag um, as the, having the algorithm be a guy. Kevin Feige. If they had him there, it would have been completely Animaniacs. It would have been the yeah. Steven Spielberg of it, which I don't wouldn't have hated. But I think w- it could have worked. But I apparently, think so. he just doesn't want to. Like he's like, I, I don't want to be in the movies. I I, I respect that. Yeah, it's one or the other. Either you're doing it all like like you know Stan Lee and Kevin Smith and guys like that, or you just don't. And it's not like people, you know, it's not like he needs attention. I'm sure he gets more attention than he's yeah. ever wanted from. The most famous people on earth. So, like, you know, why bother? I love what I also loved it was actually before this, and she's talking to the camera. She's like, Do you want this? Is this what you guys yeah. want? Because, and it's also like about her just reiterating the point of her taking control of her life. And yes. she's not going to allow everyone else to tell her what to do. She's finally going to be She Hulk and Jen Walters and do everything like Bruce told her in the beginning is like all of that. And I, that's what I really appreciate. And I, I I don't want to give too much oxygen to the uh, shitty criticisms. And I'm going to link Matt's video in here. And I, he does a brilliant job of really addressing, uh, really addressing, and we're not, you know, just 
patronizing him because oh, yeah, it's really no, great. No, it's really, really good. I'll, I'll, no. Listen, I'll subscribe, I'll subscribe <laughs> yeah. to your Patreon today. It'll there be will be, uh, um, I'm but, sure there'll be more shitty criticism too. So maybe another video will come but, later because it never ends. But let yeah. me post this to you guys because it feels like it's fairly obvious. Are all these shitty criticisms about She-Hulk just because it's a woman? Because like Matt, you were saying about like, Wow, they you know they really called their shot. They knew this was going to happen. Yeah, they had Captain Marvel. This is exactly what we got from Captain Marvel. Just the 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 sad boys, the incels, just being mad that Carol Danvers was this hero. And like, it feels like the criticisms in a lot of ways were just similar. You know, not apples to apples, but it was like, oh, she can't be. Oh, this is just woke. This is oh, she has to prove Fury's an idiot, or this proving Bruce is an idiot. It's all this shit that it's like it seems like it's the same argument, just different names. You know what I mean? And is yeah. it just because it's a it's a, I think it's just because it's a female character. If this was a Hulk series and you did the same thing, I don't think you have any of these criticisms. I agree kind of. I think you're I think you're mostly on the right track. Like I think I am like what you're saying is correct. Track. Um, but I do think it's a little bit more complicated in that, like, it's because you have like Captain Marvel, which I do think just ha- it it's a really special kind of convergence of like Marvel having the first female led movie and Brie Larson, a person that the Internet hates for reasons. I still never yeah. like I, I still don't know. Um, but like all that stuff t- came together. I don't think like it. I don't think that movie, the thing about Captain Marvel that I think is so strange is I don't think that movie had all that much to say in the same way that She-Hulk does about yeah, like true. feminism and, and gender relationships like that. And that's why I think it's not just that She-Hulk was a girl because Miss Marvel was a girl and they didn't mention right. that. I mean, girl right. woman, but you know, it's that she talked about it. It's that she like, you know, acknowledged that she is a woman and that's yes. the part that they can't do. You can right. have yes. women in the show, but they have to be men pretty much. Um, and that's really <laughs> weird, but there's no yeah. emotions. You can't have emotions. Yeah. And you can't be upset with the way right. things are like you have to, you have to like kind of, I'm trying to think of a character that does this, that, you know, they like, but you, if you complain or, or anything like that, then that is immediately like ungrateful for this time that, these wonderful, you know, viewers have given and what are you going to use it to complain about getting catcalled and falling in a parking lot? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's bizarre. Um, yeah, Amanda, yeah, what do you, what that's do you my think? read on it. Amanda, what I, do you think? I agree a lot with what Matt is saying, because I, I feel like the criticism is because she Hulk is voicing a lot of what we think as women. Like there, there yeah. are moments where she says things and I'm here like, Amen. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or you know, they're talking about like, you know, again, even something as simple as dating. You know, her whole experience with that, I was like, oh yeah. You know, yeah. or or you know, the, the gross guy at the job that you're at. Mm-hmm. We've all of us as women have dealt with a guy like that. And to and so she's calling out things that we go through. And I feel like people are getting upset because it's accurate. The people get defensive because maybe they've done it themselves or, or they witnessed it and didn't do anything. You know, it, it, I, I feel like it, it's, it's more per, people are upset because it's more personal because she's, she's on, she's on point. There's a lot of stuff where I was like, yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. I relate to that. Yeah. I know that. And, yeah. I, and I also think it's strange because it seems like these people had made up their mind and, but, and it's weird because they didn't know that the show was going to call them out before the show existed. Right. So yeah. it, 
it's weird, uh, not like it's weird, but it's interesting because the way it seems like this happens is these people make these really long bets, like a year before the show comes out, this is going to be the woke one. And they say that about all of them. And then when like, what like, again, Miss Marvel's not a great one to one example, but when Miss Marvel comes out and it's not super uh, saying a lot of the things that they said it was going to say, then they kind of dial it back and we forget it ever happened. But like, I think She-Hulk was it was the perfect storm of bait that they just couldn't ignore. Like it was the, it, it's funny cause it's the show that exists in their heads uh, when they watch any of these shows and um, like it, but unintentionally. So it's, it's, it's very strange, but yeah, I mean, it seems like it angered all the right people. So it did. I agree up. with that. That was cool. Yeah. And I like, loved it. I loved it. Yeah. There was nothing about it that I feel like felt, um like un not like ungenuine is not the right way to describe it i do think like there's a way to there would be a version of this show where you know they do some sort of um you know they they talk about her being um mansplained at work and they get it kind of wrong or it's written in a weird way that doesn't feel real where I do think the these guys would come up and be like, yeah, you know, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that the writing doesn't really, you know, support it and stuff. And it's funny because, like, I don't think that happens. Like, I think most of the stuff, things that the show is saying are pretty well expressed. Um, and it's that it's that kind of I don't know what, what you call this kind of like a um, Jackie Robinson kind of thing where, like, everything that does something really different has to be perfect on the first try. Otherwise, it, yes. you know. Yes. Um, but yeah, like, so it's crazy that it did most of those things without really like, I, I don't think you could argue like, like these, these guys have tried to do that. Those aren't real things that exist in the world. Um, and, but because everything's so kind of well-represented, that's what their argument has to be is like, that's not really something that happens. And that just rings so false. It's very, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very strange, but it rules. It definitely does. And speaking of ruling, let's uh, let's close this. Let's close this part out because I'm going to ask you guys a two part question. One, do we see a season two of She-Hulk attorney of law attorney at law, attorney of law? Um, And uh, where else do you see her in the MCU? I mean, we've mentioned a few things already. So, Amanda, I want to start with you. Do you think we see a season two and where do you feel like we're going to see She-Hulk in the MCU going forward? Non oh non season two. Non season two. Ooh. Um. I think I think we're it's going to be a little while. Um. I, I think I think we're. She's definitely going to make her appearance. I mean, we're seeing a lot of maybe these more minor. Even though we know we're familiar with She Hulk, but you know you're seeing a lot more of these minor, more side characters kind of stepping up to the front. And I think you know that's. I think she will have her moment, just not necessarily in this particular phase. Again, I think we're going to see her in the next generation, if you if you will. Again, this is setting the stage. This is will. getting people familiar, if you will. Um, <laughs> um, so I feel like, yes, we're going to see her in a non-MCU capacity. I, or not MCU, I'm sorry, non-show capacity outside of her, her world. It's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen in this immediate phase. I do think we're going to get a season two. 
I, I do. Um, I th- it was, it's yeah. such a good show. It's such a good show. I think, I think, I don't think we're going to get the seasons back to back. I could see them waiting a year. It kind of mm-hmm. get to wrap up this current phase of the MCU, but I think she will get her season two when they're ready to move to the next phase where we're introducing the newer generation, if you will, of Avengers. I think it's a sla- I think it's a slam dunk for a season two because it it was one of the most watched things. If I, I did a little research for some other podcasts mm-hmm. I'm on because I do way too many, is the the ratings for this are huge. People are watching this like a crazy amount. Uh, it was beating Andor at one point. Uh, yeah. Obviously, then Hocus Pocus came out and everyone stopped everything and fell in love with the Sanderson sisters, both the original and the new version. Uh, you know, I have thoughts, uh, but <laughs> I like the second one better than the first one. Sorry. Um, really? Well, well that's because you're a Walgreens guy. Yeah. You, know, I, I, you, you see well, Walgreens listen, and you say, that's well, my well, well, I mean, they are my pharmacy for not much longer, <laughs> uh, but in my area. But um, no, I just thought I just I saw the first one. I didn't grow up with it. So I watched mm. it back to back and I'm like, I like the second one better. You know, Tony Hale really adds a lot to a movie. Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, and that guy who was in the after party, whose name I always forget. And he oh, was Dunstan yeah, in that. New Girl. Uh, mm. But and, but this has the track record of it's a successful show. Um and that ending is going to be talked about for a while. So I definitely think we're going to get a season two as where we're going to see her next would not shock me if we see her somehow either as dare uh, as Jen Walters mm-hmm. in Daredevil. Oh, yeah. in Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil. I think she's going to be a part of Captain America, new world order in some yep. point. And I would love, and this probably won't happen. A Marvel legal special where she has to defend somebody on a special and it's you actually do it as a procedural. And I don't know who the procedural would be or what's happening, but she has to defend a hero of the MCU on trial. And you make it like, you know, she was in Perry Mason, the series. So you make it a, Mm -hmm. a, you make it a legal drama. And I think that would be great because that's a genre. Like she kept saying, this is a legal show. Like, let's get a, full law and order-esque yeah. you know, but better um you know it would also be cool if they got a law and order camp like if merloni was in it or yeah. something like that that, that oh, would be hilarious and you know he, he has done some wild shit. oh my he god be, yeah he he's would so be down down he, he would be down. down absolutely um but yeah like do something like that i think would be great and i think she plays into long con here she's going to be in the two Avengers movies uh, be, uh, like yeah. she's going to be in secret wars and she's going to be, I think she's going to be heavily involved because of just how popular she is. And I think we're just, I think she's, this is going to be a character that's really going to grow on people. This show did well, but I think her lore and legend will grow as time goes on. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to, so I think there's a lot of places where she'll pop up. I do think she'll be in an episode of daredevil probably. Um, I think she will be in Captain America. If the bad guy is the leader, it just makes sense. Yeah. And somebody, somebody from the Hulk side has to show up. Um, <laughs> Maybe his son. That's, well, that's the that other thing, right? <laughs> it seems like we're getting that World War Hulk movie we've always dreamed about. So yeah. if that's in Phase Six, she'll be in that. And what, then, what was the son's name, by the way? Scar. Scar. K with two A's. S K A R. Something like that. He was like. 
hey, I went to Sakar and here's Scar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and then, you know, I had six people talking in my house. I'm like, what? What is any of this? Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. He has the baby in, in the comics and then it grows to like adult in like a he year looks, and it just yeah. shows up and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm another Hulk thing. Yeah, but... he looks like Roman Reigns. I mean, just like with all he the does. tattoos. So I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, were uh, they using Mark Ruffalo's face for that? What was that supposed to be? I couldn't yeah. figure out. You know what? There's the there's a kid in oh, is it always be my maybe or the kissing booth? Who oh, is you're like about Noah Centineo or somebody yes. like that or one of those guys? There's some yeah. kid who who looks and sounds exactly like Mark Ruffalo. Mm. They have to cast him because he he like I'm telling you, this is the same person. Like if you told me if I oh. never met if I never if I didn't know he didn't have a teenage son, I would say that's his teenage son in real life. That would be perfect um, casting, but. I'm off the rails as usual. But yeah, I think I think we get She-Hulk season two in phase six. I think it's one of the eight or nine and unannounced projects because it just feels like everybody except for Moon Knight, pretty much. And yeah. I guess Hawkeye. But I think we know kind of Hawkeye will find somewhere to be um, and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. We have a like Yelena and, and those guys there. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we've had we've had a WandaVision follow up. We're having the loki season two almost everything's getting followed up on and obviously kamala's going into miss marvel uh or the marvels the marvels um, yeah yeah the marvels. so yeah i think we'll get she hulk season two the only other thing that i would like want is some sort of west coast avengers like white vision um you know she hulk shang chi yeah. who lives on the west coast yeah um kate bishop in la and then wonder man which they do keep saying they're gonna make the show of Daniel Dustin Craig is producing it and uh, he can be a Hollywood actor who like forms a team. But yeah, like I want another Avengers team. That's just the kind of easy breezy, you know, LA Avengers. Cause I like the vibe of all of those characters in those movies. And like, i like the vibe of this and, you know, I don't know. It does feel like the East coast and the West coast. Oh, we that rivalry is coming back. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> that's, <laughs> no. That's, oh shit. Yeah. No, let's not do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, we can we can finally get to the truth. You know, we can get that could be that's oh. another, you know, case. We get some. Get oh, uh, that'll be some like right. do a seance. Yeah. But um, I'm trying to think of other characters that she's hung out with before. Obviously, Fantastic remember, Four. You remember the Fantastic Four, but I do think you need to have a spot to fill before <laughs> yeah. she shows up. But she did spot. She she joined the team after Secret Wars one because Ben on that planet got his powers taken away and he stayed there. And then he was like, you guys, I'll be back later. But anybody, you know, to call do you want big, strong guy, just do auditions or whatever. And then she just showed up and it's bizarre. The, uh, the run she the kind of is thrown into, but she, um, yeah, I, God, I don't know. I like, I don't know. She was a bounty hunter for a while. There's so many things. She has a friend that's a scroll. So we're getting those soon, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think we'll get a second season of the show, though, and I think it'll be announced pretty soon um, yeah. in in phase six. Uh, I don't know what it'll be called, though, because it does seem like that one will be like She-Hulk, you know, criminal intent or something like that. So I've been trying to think about like what the new, you know, subheading is. But well, yeah. all right, guys, that is our that's our conversation about She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night. But before we go, of course, Matt, thank you for joining us. We're going to get into our plugs and our weekly pop culture recommendations uh i'm gonna just hand it over to my co-host amanda tell us where people can find you online tell us about mission pro wrestling which of course you are the general manager of and what's your pop culture recommendation for this week 
All right. Well, you can find me. I'm primarily active on Instagram uh, at Amandalorian. Yes. My tribute mm. to Mando. Yes. Nice. That's very Star good. Wars. Yeah. All my Star Wars stuff. Um, of course, please follow Mission Pro Wrestling. We are on all platforms, including YouTube. So if you want to watch some match, some uh, match highlights and whatnot, you know, we, we are there. We are streaming on Title Match Network. Our next show is December 10th here in San Antonio. Uh, a couple of matches have been announced already, including Jasmine Allure and, uh, versus MJ Santana, which that will be a good one. Uh, so more match announcements are coming and the proceeds benefit Salvation Army. I'm also going to plug two other promotions that are doing great things in, here in Texas as well. We have Uncanny Attractions in Austin that they've got some fun stuff going on, uh, drags and drop kicks. So uh, that's coming up November 20th. And then November 19th, we have River City Wrestling, uh, which we have Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who's going to get nice. some Yeah. You saw that? <laughs> I, that? I think I might know. You might know the person who might get the haircut, maybe. Oh, well. <laughs> I've thrown in the name in there. <laughs> Good. Um, yes. So, uh, so that's happening on the on the wrestling front. And my pop culture recommendation: I am going to wear my anime hat because this month has been insane for anime fans with the the new episodes of My Hero Academia dropping, mm-hmm. the new episode of Bleach, the the Thousand Year War. Oh gosh, yeah. But my recommendation for this week: Chainsaw Man. So mm, good. So good. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Just right off the bat, I got emotional. It's got tons of action. The story is really good. It's about this kid who's hunting demons to pay off the debt that his deadbeat dad uh, owes. And he makes a pact with the little demon that's like a little dog with a chainsaw uh, nose. And uh, basically just the first episode is out and it talks about how he becomes a chainsaw man. Really good. I haven't, gosh, I I love anime and this is one of the ones I went and bought a t-shirt for immediately because I just love it so much right off the bat. So chainsaw man, it's on Hulu, it's on Crunchyroll. So stream it, check it out. It's amazing. And yes, (laughs) that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I have seen those words. Like I've seen Words oh, Chainsaw Man and pictures floating around on Twitter and I didn't so connect it to good. like, it's but that sounds so, cool. It's so good. It's so okay. good. I'll, I'll definitely look that up. Matt, yeah. tell us all about where people can find you. I'll plug all your socials and what's your uh, pop culture recommendation yeah. for the week. So uh, pl- place you can find me, obviously YouTube channel, Nando V movies. And that's like, um, you know, long kind of deep dives into things that uh, I have a video that's like, pretty much done it'll probably be out tomorrow uh as of recording this so like friday the 14th but um uh that's just like an hour of fan casting henry cavill in the marvel cinematic universe yes. so like where he just decides where to go and I've, I've got a lot of good ones um and i and a lot of it is just like he was my pick like, for wonder man he's but that's yeah well, spoiler alert he's my pick for wonder man too i think <laughs> he's got if you look at his career, I kind of say this at the end of the video, but it's like a slumdog millionaire thing where it's like all the parts of your life have been leading to play. Because when you go through Wonder Man's history, it's a lot of like different kind of phases. And it's like, oh, here's the Tudors and here's the Witcher and here's Man from Uncle and here's Superman. But um, love man. We've talked about this. We love yeah. Man from Uncle. It rules. Yeah, and so good. I think people oh, have come around one. to it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's solid. We're going to do um, a Man from Uncle cast next year. I mean, that's one. Speaking of movies that need a sequel, maybe maybe She Hulk can start that up. Uh, right. Go to go to that network executive and bash us head until he gives us another one. But um, yes, yeah. So <laughs> got videos like that. Uh, I have a fun pitch for Deadpool three that I'll be probably doing before the end of the month, and I think is 
really, really fun. Um, then I have another channel called The Nando Cut, and that is the second channel, and it's more just kind of like little kind of 15-minute videos, not usually as edited and like produced, but it's just like kind of thoughts I want to get out there. I'm not sure what the next ones of those will be, but if you subscribe to it, then you can you know kind of keep abreast of it all. Uh, and then obviously the podcast, mostly nitpicking, which I do with DJ and Diggins, where we pick apart a pop culture thing. This is, we are smack dab in the middle of October. So we did um, Super Pets last month. Or oh, last yeah, week. I saw that. Yeah. And this week we did Journey to the Mysterious Island. And that movie is weird as hell. Um, I, yeah. It both no longer, like it doesn't exist. Like it's not a thing anybody remembers or ha- it had no cultural impact, but also like, it's so strange. And um, so that's a lot of fun. I can't wait to, because I usually listen to the episodes before they come out just to make sure it sounds good. But also like, I'm genuinely like, what did we say? Because I think it was funny. So definitely listen to that. Pop culture record of the week. So oh, also I, you, you do have a Patreon as well. People could Oh yeah, to. I do have a Patreon. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the things when I, when I say like, um, with like Patreon and Twitch and Instagram and all that, I just say like, go to that thing. If Nando V movies, <laughs> put Nando V movies in, I'll probably be there. And if I'm not, then that's just not a thing I have. Like TikTok, for instance, I don't use TikTok because I got locked out of it once and they just don't let you back in. It's very bad. Wow. But, um, but I like, I don't care because I don't really use it very much, but like um everything else, like, like you're saying, like Patreon. And I also figure if you uh, listen to it, like if you watch a couple of videos, eventually just get that stuff drilled into your brain. So it's like, that's, I don't know. That's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy. It's easy to get lost, but an Antofi movies is a pretty good tag for like sure. not existing in a lot of things. Um, What's your uh, pop culture recommendation? Pop culture. Okay. So I opened up my comic book like bag of the week. Cause I, cause on the podcast, we recommended a couple things, um, movies and, and such, but I do want to do a comic. I haven't read this one yet, but I do think it's going to be good. It's a new series by let's get the names, right? Otherwise my bad person, um, Ed Brisson and John Timms. And it's called Batman incorporated, which is a thing that already existed for a while which was the um, Grant Morrison kind of like, what if Batman tried to organize a bunch of people that are already Batmaning in other countries and turn them into one thing. Uh, so they're taking another shot at that. And the reason that I'm so on this is because it's stars like Batman has chosen to lead it. Uh, my new favorite Batman character, the ghost maker, who is this guy who is like Batman's friend from college when he was going around the world killing people or like he was going around the world training to become Batman. This guy was also doing that, but for his own reason, but they like would meet up and be like, Oh, Hey, yeah, what's up? Uh, and that guy became kind of like, I don't know how to describe him, but uh, he, he, he just kills people. Um, but he's really funny and not like funny. He's very <sighs> conceited. Isn't quite the right word either. He reminds me a lot of the character Phantom X, but he's, He's this this main guy. Um, <gasps> anyway, this book, I'm expecting very good things from it. But yeah, that'll be my rec. Uh, and uh, if it's bad, then it's not my rec. Then it's something else. But I have a feeling it's going to be pretty good. Uh, if you guys are looking for a good comic book, I'm not the most avid comic book reader. But uh, we uh, the- I think I know what you're going to say. I've, I've got a guess. But oh, we'll see. Um, I'm going to recommend from a previous podcast, uh, one of our guests, uh, Pornstack Pichote. He d- has a great uh, 1940s slash post-World War II uh, noir comic called The Good Asian. 
It's oh. fantastic. Okay. I read the first few issues very much uh, uh, dealing with it's like a murder mystery, very much in that 1940s, 1950s, uh, early 50s film noir type stuff. Detective story deals a lot with uh, hmm. racial politics, uh, Asian racial politics mm-hmm. in California mm-hmm. post-World War II. It's super great. Um, I haven't picked up all the episode, uh, all the issues of it yet, but from what I've read, it's fantastic. If you're into that kind of detective genre, totally okay. recommend picking up. What did you think I was going to? I thought you were going to say do a power bomb. Have you heard of this? It's the new oh, uh, wrestling so. magic comic that's mm-hmm. like apparently the hottest thing, and I I'm just kind of behind no. on it, so I. I'm waiting for the trade do, to come out. But do a power bomb. Okay, well, do a power bomb. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, d- um, a, a f- phrase every young person has said ever. This um, is the. This is just one sentence from its uh, thing, um, from its like description. Everything changes when a wrestling obs- obsessed necromancer asks her to join the grandest pro wrestling tournament of all time, which is also its most dangerous. Uh, it's wrestler meets Dragon Ball Z, but I hear it's oh. very fun. So, uh, well, okay, Amanda, we're gonna have to get on that. I one. know. I would give we it are a look, yeah. have to get on that. <laughs> I've heard good things. But uh, my pop culture recommendation will be a very obvious one. It'll be Andor because mm. uh, the most recent oh. episode that just came out this week was holy shit! It was fan. Fantastic. Andor is quickly outside of the Mandalorian becoming quickly one of my favorite Star Wars properties yeah. that Disney Plus has produced or oh, Disney yeah. has produced because it's just this diff- great tone. I, I, Amanda and I are both big Rogue One fans mm-hmm. just because, mm. uh, but I have said for years on various podcasts, I would have loved to have seen this as a series and Rogue One as a series. And here we are, we're getting it. It's just such a different tone. Um, Diego Luna is fantastic. Stellan Skarsgård is amazing in this. Um, go check it out. You have to get to this most recent episode. It's it's absolutely awesome. It had the, me at the edge of my seat. It's more than Kenobi did, more than Book of yes. Boba Fett did. Yes. It's, it's that good. Go check out the most it's, recent episode. It's of one Andor. of the best pieces of Star Wars property that's out there. And yeah, I there, wholeheartedly agree. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. It really <laughs> Does Andor was. jump into the Disney Plus menu at any point? Is that have they gotten I, to that you know point what? in Andor he's, yet? He's gonna. He. I'd say that's I, like by the time we get to November, he is gonna do that, and he's gonna mm. go find the Apple Dumpling Gang, and he's gonna, you know, steal Don Knotts and that Conestoga yeah. wagon. It's gonna be real sweet. Uh, but for <laughs> me, uh, the other thing I'm gonna recommend is go check out. Uh, I talked about this last week. Uh, my buddy, Mike Haliger, who was a guest on this podcast, had a uh, mental health podcast called Detoxicity. Uh, about a week or two ago, I had an episode where I talk about the last 10 years of my life dealing with severe depression, anxiety, and self-hatred issues, as well as my kind of weird relationship uh, with alcohol. Um, I talk about all my struggles with that and also how I've, through therapy and through medication, I've been able to get to probably the best point of my life. Uh, it was world mental health aware. It was mental health awareness, like world mental health day. The other day, I feel like it's a good thing to check because uh, check out, because I was someone who was just eh, on therapy eh, on medication. And then just hearing other people's stories really helped inspire me. And I hope it inspires people who just feel like their voices aren't, will never be heard. Um, it does get to some dark places because I did go to some dark places. Uh, and uh, a lot of people always wonder, why didn't you go further and do more with pop break? Well, depression's a bitch. I'll tell you that. And that's why things didn't happen. And I realized that much later on in my life. And I really want people to check this out so they can know that, you know, the human cartoon character that you often hear or see out in the world 
um, went through it too. And I was able through my friends and through uh, like going through these avenues, getting better. And there are people who will listen to you. They're your friends and your family are there for you. And something I didn't really think happened until I actually opened up and talked about it. And it really did change my life for the better. I have not been, I have never been this happy and this free of stress and depression, I think ever. So it's pretty rad. So I'm just want you, everyone to go take a listen to that. But as for the shameless plug and bullshit, you could go check out my Twitter at Bodkin rights. Um, but most importantly, check out the popbreak.com every single day for the last 13 years. We've had great people like Matt, like Amanda, going and writing and taking photos and producing podcasts. There is so much awesome content on here. People are always like, well, Bill, you keep it going. No, this site does not exist without the people who came in here. And whether they did one story or whether they did 400 stories, they make this site go and they have developed what this site is. No matter if they're still here or they're not, they have made pop break last for 13 years television movies music you name it we're talking about it we have amazing photos that are up go check them out we just shot the who at at an arena in long island okay we just uh gorillas at the forum Mm. lcd sound lcd sound system lord uh my chemical romance you name it we have shot them as of recently it's super awesome. I'm very proud of all the people who work there. So check out the popbreak.com and check out all our podcasts on all your favorite streaming platforms. Our podcast editor, Alex Marcus, works so hard to shepherd and create this network. Check us out. Socially Distanced, uh, the Way Too Early Oscar podcast, and the winner still is the Breakcast and Pop Break TV. Subscribe to all those. If you love a podcast, rate, review, subscribe. Let's get more people listening to these podcasts because the people who do these work so hard on them and i really will love for you to hear their voices so for amanda for the returning nando my name is bill bodkin thank you for joining us on this discussion about marvel and next week i already forgot what we're talking about because that's how good this podcast is so thank you we'll see you next week